<laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 11 of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast. Uh, we had a guest in here today, Greg Anderson, a longtime friend of ours. And most of you are probably aware of his endless endeavor with Greg Anderson podcast. Uh, before we get into that, we got a quick uh, amend or uh, retraction to make. We had said in an earlier episode or uh, an earlier advertisement that the Allegiance holsters were made out of ancient Egyptian uh, material, so, you know, something yeah. discovered in an excavation or something. An unworldly material. Yeah, that turns out that was not true. No? They, they are, they're actually made out of the nutsacks of unicorns. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, 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 that's why, why the gun clicks in there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a special tanning procedure they do <laughs> in North Carolina, and they, they, they take a unicorn nutsack and they, they mold it to the Glock 19. And then, it, you know, because it has the magic in it, it makes it that much better. Do, yeah, do talk they, about retention, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they have their own unicorn farm, or they outsource these unicorn nut sacks? They uh, import or outport them, export them? I, I think it's an import. It's an import deal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, like, to you you know a guy. Like Italy or something? <laughs> I think yeah. it's further than Italy. First so. <laughs> you got to get to Tartaria. Yeah. I was, okay, well. Somewhere. So anyway, what uh, what did we talk about? We talked about jujitsu, obviously, because Greg's the professor here at Electric North, and well, don't forget you can get a discount to those uh, nutsack holsters. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. If you, if you want a unicorn nutsack, go to allegianceholsters.com and use code TNW10 at checkout. All right. So we we were talking jujitsu stories, ranger stories, and uh, just general shenanigans. Enjoy the episode, you guys. You, know, you kind of figure out who you're preferred training partners are guys who go hard but but clean and fair um and so anyway these two guys yeah it just exceeded expectations they're they're much improved since the last time i rolled with them three weeks ago so shout out uh anthony and skinny greg that was a that was a fucking fun night of practice anthony fought his son for the first time tonight oh that's the first time those two yeah because he's like we just we don't roll because like it gets too intense. Well, it's the dynamic yeah. between yeah. father and son. father son that are both learning jujitsu and coming up through the ranks, uh-huh. and it's like uh, just not ready for that, you know. And then I looked over and they were going hard, and I was like, oh, and, sure. and I heard Anthony say something, something along the lines of like, yeah, yeah, you will be clean in your room or something, you know. <laughs> what I mean? So it's like throwing in the little the little parenting, <laughs> but no, dude. Fucking uh, awesome night! Tonight. It was a great night. How old is yeah. he? Uh, Oliver's fifteen. Yeah, he's oh, a Oliver's. fucking beast, bro. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't yeah. look fifteen. No, no. Uh, and man, child. How do him and Hayden do? Has anyone watched that yet? Is I that is that happen? I'm no. sure it's happened. Oh, that's Mike be a super Mike was grinding my forehead into the new mask. <laughs> 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 All right, hey guys, welcome to episode eleven of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast. We've got a guest with us today. Are we? I guess we call this in studio, whether we're in the garage it, or yeah. upstairs on the mats or down <laughs> in the, the daycare room. Uh, most of you guys listening to this probably also listen to The Endless Endeavor with Greg Anderson, so he's going to join us tonight, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, originally, we had talked about doing a podcast on, oh, kind of two subjects, producers versus takers, producers being people who provide a product or service to the public that is of value and takers being people who don't produce anything but somehow end up with all your money like uh, the government like the government (laughs) (laughs) also because we've we've all been going through uh 
I guess the last three years, anybody with a small business knows that you kind of feel like you're under attack. And so Greg's an entrepreneur, Mike's an entrepreneur, and I, and just in the last year, have started training Northwest. So I'm finding out the hard way, all the uh, the bumps in the road as you, you try to get a your own small business off the ground. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I thought we would start, but I... I have high expectations that we're going to take this wildly off course and end with shenanigans. <laughs> and that's what makes podcasting fun, bro. Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, before we go into that, I did need to tell Jordan something. Because do you remember what I said during our role about pulling guard? Oh, yeah. I said, remind me, I have to tell you something oh, about pulling right, guard. that's right, that's right. Right? And you go, yeah, there's two people that pull guard. My wife, when she wants to get fucked, and you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said... Uh-oh. Okay, I guess I'm going to have to sweep this guy and get on top of him. Oh, I did. And I, and I stayed on bottom the whole time. I was like, this switch feels like. No, but so I was thinking about pulling guard as a, because uh, I'll say it often to the team, like guard pulling is more toward, towards the sport of jiu-jitsu, right? Yes. And you see the guys go out there and they'll do double guard pull and then they'll get their legs all entangled and their barambolo and stuff. And all that shit is cool, but it's also sport jiu-jitsu. And I, was, I always tell people, like, dude, you're never going to pull guard in a street fight. And then I was high the other day, and I was thinking, I was like, dude, what if, like, me and Jordan got in some beef, and we were in a, like a, on a concrete parking lot, mm-hmm. and you're like, fuck you, let's go, motherfucker. I would literally be like, I'm pulling guard in a street fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, don't, I, I know what happens when I wrestle you, and that can't happen on concrete or I'm fucking dead. And so I was like, dude, just like that, there is a scenario where you may need to get underneath someone in a street fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that, at that point, like you got two decisions, like, do I walk away or do I just try and soccer kick the fuck out of somebody? Right <laughs> now, you know? yeah. Like and well, hope well, that I don't get my leg caught in foot. there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing though. It's like, it's not like I sit down and be like, come and do my guard. Come yeah. My yeah. Guard. You got to grab, you, know? you got to grab and you got to pull. Yeah. And there's an art to it. And yeah. there's an art to getting someone tangled into your guard. Just like there's an art to executing a takedown. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to start to emphasize on the guys that want to play guard, like hone that side of your game mm-hmm. of forcing me to get tangled up into your guard. Because the new dude that just signed up, who's cool as fuck, Troy, mm-hmm. have any of you guys rolled with him yet? The I new, have not. new purple belt? No. He's a leg entanglement guy. No, boy. And as soon as his leg touches you, there's bullshit happening. Like 10th planet kind of shit? Dude, or? he gets a butterfly hook. And then he elevates you, and then he shoots that leg through as he pulls your foot and wraps you all up. Mm. And mm. it's uh, I Play was like, like spider guard and shit. Like just that. A, yeah, a bunch of fuck. Not necessarily spider because he he's more of a nogi guy. Okay, that's what he said yeah, to you. He goes, well, well, if I'm gonna if we're gonna have a good match, let's do it nogi. And both you're like Roger that. Yeah, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I just think. Uh, a lot of guys, he's only been here like a week and a half, and yeah. a lot of dudes are already like, I want to learn that stuff, yeah. which is cool. That's the way jiu-jitsu is going. You have to know that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, every gym has its own style, you know? Yeah, of oh, course. And I'll be honest, I don't think we've ever done guillotines. Have we not done guillotines? Not since I've been here. Not since I've been here. I know I've shown, the, I know <laughs> I've shown guillotines. I know I've shown guillotines. Really? Um, That's something you learn on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, I got You know what, Mike Kozak? Next time we roll, I'm gonna get you in a guillotine. Oh, no. Come, come tomorrow for no gear. Dude, see what happens when you hit the bear. Remember the other day when I did some little bullshit move? I trapped your feet and pushed on your hips and you oh, fell backwards, yeah, dude. Dude, 
your look in your eye was just <laughs> this motherfucker got me where I didn't want want to be. Well, dude, Joey you, the demon came out. Remember yeah. Joey, one of our old training partners. Yeah. That used to be one of his moves: double hooks behind your Achilles, and then just push you, and he traps your foot, and then you fall down. And it's just one of those moves that's <laughs> stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I know like, exactly. Like pulling guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have no problem with losing, but when stupid shit works on you, it's yeah. frustrating. Well, and I was like, "That's it." Kozak just kind of got me. Now I got to get him back. Yeah. Well, there's there's been two times now that I've fucking said some little smart ass thing to you. And then paid for it. Like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, fucking, you know. I thought I was being hilarious. I was laughing. And all of a sudden, like, I got shot straight up in the air. I was like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. And then well, today, that, that X guard. He's shit. like, he's looking and he's doing this. And I was like, God, Jordan's waving at me. That means he wants to fight me. Yeah. I don't really want to fight Jordan, but I'm never going to say no. Y- yeah. You know? yeah. You know? yeah. And then you're like. I was actually waving at the guy behind you. Yeah, well, he and he was he was taking the pic. It was Igor, and he had a camera, and he's like panning across the room. And I just thought, like, oh, I see him doing this, and I'm just gonna be at the very end, like waving. And then all of a sudden, Greg's like points to him, like me, motherfucker. And I was like, oh fuck, you know, here we go. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's I was like, like the- I can't say no either, you know. And he's just like. Well, like you know, so let's go. You know, and like, next thing I know, he's like, "Remind me to tell you a story about pulling guard." Like I'm gonna do it right now. And fucking, you know, like, I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, it was a good time. Today was a good practice. It was so fun. Yeah, so fun. It's interesting to me. Like we now have, I don't know if it's momentum or just enough people that are of the same mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're all clones of each other, but everybody is on the same vibe. We, yeah. we talked about this last, uh, you know, every other Wednesday now, we've started going to dinner, a couple of us, and uh, one of the things that came up is like, damn, everybody just kind of gels at the gym. And, it, you know, and talking through it, I think the reason is everybody knows your story and everybody knows the vibe that's being put out here. So we're attracting people who are down with the cause. You know what I mean? Yeah, so for sure. Mo- most of the people who are coming in now know about Greg's story and know about, or are, are they're on the pro freedom, pro patriotic side of the side of the coin. So, and they're, they're actively seeking this place out because of that. Mm-hmm. I also think it's like, there's enough dudes that are motherfuckers. I mean, we got everybody that's sitting here. You got dudes like Tyler, like, mm-hmm. There's very few men on planet Earth that could come in here with an attitude. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or being yeah. a bully or being full of fucking ego or bullshit. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see it on YouTube all the time, dude. Dojo storm and talk shit and then they get their ass kicked. I'm like, is that ever going to happen here? But it just seems like everybody that shows up already comes through the door with the right vibe. And if they're a little off, they'll do a practice or two and then we'll never see them again. Yeah. They see their own way out. Yeah. Um, I think the most dramatic way someone ever left the gym was the guy that you made throw up <laughs> out here. Yeah, on the- yeah tell that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we just had a, a stinky pajama wearing lazy street fighter is what he said he was. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted to come to a jujitsu gym. And it was just one of those situations where it's like this. If this person really wants to be here, we have to pour it on him. And then if he stays, maybe he does become a training partner and be, does become a great person. 
but let's put it on hard and see what he's made of. How did he warm up? <laughs> did Kozak already tell you this, or did you no, hear it from no, me? I've, I've, heard, I've heard the story, but I want. I, have you heard the story? I have. Yeah, I'm a boxer. I'm a boxer. Yeah, I'm a street fighter. Uh, I'm not very good on the ground, but I am a street fighter and a striker. And then he starts shadow boxing. He's literally standing right where you are, <laughs> and he starts shadow boxing. And then he's like. Runs all the way across the mat room going, ha, 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 ha. And I'm just, just like. throwing punches the yeah. whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is wrong with people, dude? You know? It'd literally be like going to uh, a boxing gym yeah. and being like, hey, you know what? I'm not much of a striker, but I got a ground game. And then laying on the ground and shrimping around their, their ring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the fuck? I just. And, and here's the weird thing. Are you tr- was he hoping to impress us with that? Like, oh, I need to, these guys need to know, like, they, I'm, I'm legit, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a an alpha. Like, <laughs> I'm they, might, they might be able to choke me, but in a real fight, like, I'll fuck those dudes up. Yeah. And so Kozak poured it on him, and he was out in the lawn fucking throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, from heart rate and exertion? Yeah. Or, or did you, like, crush his... Crushes midsection. No, just crushed his will. Yeah, (laughs) which is the worst. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, like that's what's the best feeling. uh, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yes, bro. There's there's nothing better than when you're having a hard fight and you see the person underneath you starting to break. Yeah, you know. Yeah, taking their soul. And then the reverse side of that, and I don't know if you even have this since you've been grappling since you were four, but like. When I got one of those motherfuckers on top of me and I can feel my brain saying, you're dying, you're losing. And it's like, oh, fuck, dude. And like having that dialogue with yourself because you know that you're fucked. Yeah. Like, I hate that, dude. And it's like, after doing jujitsu for 20 years, if I'm in California or Joao's up or someone that like has my number starts just smearing me into the mat. Dude, the heart rate spikes. You start getting that like fight or flight emotion going through you, and it's like, "Hey, motherfucker, you're training, and this guy's your friend." Yeah, you don't need to be in some kind of panic mode, but I think it's just like part of our physiology. It's good to put yourself there though. for sure, and that's why that a lot of the time when I'm rolling, I try and get like in funky, shitty positions. Oh, yeah, because yeah. like you can get there with you know a brand new white belt. You know, I got tapped out by a white belt today. You know, in an arm yeah. bar. And it just kind of let him work into it, let him work into it. And it was like, okay, he's he's almost got it. Now it's time to fight. Yeah. You know, and like, okay, try and work your arm out. What do you need to do to get out of this position? Yeah. You know, and I fought it and I fought it and I fought it. And then at the very, like, I don't know if the buzzer went or I tapped first. Like, I, I don't know what the, you know, but it was getting, it was getting tight. Vinny yeah. got me. Uh, and it was like, fuck, you know, like, but getting yourself in positions yeah. like that, I think is like, it's critical to being able to fight through that panic. You know, also when you hang out in those really dangerous spots, it's just it allows you don't normally want to be there. So if you constantly be like, all right, I'm going to go with a white or a blue belt and I'm just going to get into a very shitty armbar situation. You learn one that patience and how to be calm in that moment. But you learn. All right. If I bridge a little, if I put a little extra weight on my shoulder, if I scoot my hips towards their body or away from their body. So the more time you can spend in there, it's like if you work triangles all the time, it's like, well, I'm just putting myself in that situation. So it's a weird area that I think you have to get a little higher in belt color, but you shouldn't always try and destroy people. You should try and put yourself in a situation where people are destroying you and now you're on defensive, you know? 
Fuck, man. 20, that- 20 years of jiu-jitsu, and I still struggle with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I let Hayden work a couple months ago. Dude. He, he got on my back, and he fucking put me to sleep. Yeah. And then the thing, and now he talks shit to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I kind of like that, and I kind of hate it, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the fact that he's a young kid, and he's got that in him. Yeah. And, Bro, like, what, awesome. what you did for him, like, or, I mean, not, he did it to you, <laughs> but <laughs> with the... What that did for him in his life. For sure, bro. You That's know, why I like, posted dude. it on my Instagram. Yeah. I pulled the security footage from our, our gym cameras and put it on Instagram because, like, I've been part of gyms where if the black belts get caught, it's full of excuses. And Explain they're, it They're away. trying to hide, and it's like... I could be like, oh, well, you know, I was actually letting you work. And then uh, at the end of the day, I I was talking to Lappin about it, and I think he phrased it best. He goes, I'll let you work, but I won't let you win. So if you win, you earned it, and you should be proud of it. And I think that's a good way of putting it. I'll let you work, but I won't let you win. Yeah. You know? But, like, fuck, Gordon Ryan says he gets submitted 25 times a night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's exactly what you were just saying. That dude is in the worst of the worst positions every fucking day yeah. to where when it happens in competition, his facial expression doesn't even change. No. Oh, you're ready to have a cup there. of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, is, is something happening? Yeah. Yeah. It just turns your blood into ice. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're getting these, and, he, and he's rolling with savages. Let's not like kid ourselves. Like, it's not like he's rolling with just bullshit training partners. <laughs> no, the fucking you know? best dudes in the world. Yeah. So he's yeah. letting those guys work on him, and it's like, you can't like it's a double-edged sword like you know you, you let a guy who knows what he's doing start doing that stuff like i can't do that like to daniel no, i can't do that down. to you no. i can't do that like i can i can do it against a lower level guys and like feel comfortable but then like i have to like I, nobody in this room i'm not gonna be just like oh here take my shit and start <laughs> cranking on it because yeah. i'm gonna get beat you know so i don't know I, oh sorry I was just going to say, so you said Gordon Ryan gets submitted by a bunch of guys every night. So it makes me wonder, is it that he has an ability that when it's time for the pressure of performing under the lights, that he can turn off that adrenaline dump and be calm and he fights well? But when it's just normal gym and other guys are calm, they're submitting him. But when it's time to have the event, he's not, he can just... He stays cool. He stays mellow, and that helps him rise to the occasion to be the best. Wow. Well, maybe it's both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there are guys, like, it doesn't matter what combat sport it is. And, Jordan, I'm sure you saw this in wrestling. There are dudes that suck in practice. Okay. And then when they compete, they're yeah. fucking monsters. Yes. And then there's dudes that are monsters in the gym. And then they suck at competition. Yep. And like, I feel like I'm more of that person. Yeah. Because, dude, like, I'm telling you, man, like, that when I was in California, I f- there was a time when I felt like on fire. My jujitsu was fucking great. And I'm going with the best guys in the world. You know, I was rolling yeah. with Shesha and Joao like all the time. And then I'd go to competition and get murked. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on, dude? You know, yeah. and I, 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 and then I ended up having a little bit of success. But it was always an up and down. Yeah. You know? And then there's some dudes that, like, I can fucking crush and practice. And then I watch them go out there and just murk their division. And I'm like, God, dude, whatever that is, I want more of it. You well, know? I think it's the style makes fight kind of thing. Because, like, when you have people come from another gym, maybe they're a lower belt. And it's like the first time you go with them, you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy's really good. Yeah. And then the second round, you beat the fuck out of them. But it's that first initial shock that throws your whole game off. 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, I had that with Troy his first day. And uh, it's funny because it's his first day and there's like first date rules, you know, but it's also <laughs> my academy and you're the new guy yeah. and you got to let people know what's up. Mm-hmm. And you, especially if they're tough. Because you want a tough dude to know, like, hey, this gym is full of fucking savages. And as soon as we're done rolling, he goes, I just found my new home. And he goes, I want a gym that's ran by a guy that can do that to me. And I was like, perfect. Because, yeah. like, we were both getting what we wanted out of it. Yes. Because then he said, he goes, like, I'm not, I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he's like, I've been to gyms as a purple belt where, like, I just cut through everybody and, like, I don't want that to be where I train, No, you know? And he actually said, hey, professor or coach, you want to get a role? And I knew he's kind of doing like- Testing a, the water. He, yeah, he's, he's testing the water, seeing if he likes this place, you know? I was like, okay, I'm going to give him what he's looking for. But it was hard, you know? And the thing is, it's like, I feel like purple belt is always a wild card because there's a lot of purple belts that as a black belt, it can just squish like a bug. And then there's some purple belts that are just motherfuckers, man. It's It's- the purple belt is a wild card rank. Yeah. And I think uh, even at competition, like, black. once you get to black belt, there's kind of like an unwritten rule, like, we've been doing this a long time. Gentlemen's so, agreement. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, purple belts are like two squirrels in a sock just <laughs> yeah, coming, coming to kill each other. Yeah. As you know, like, you're competing at purple belt. Yeah. And even, even in the older divisions, purple belts just come out of the gates, guns blazing, dude. Oh, yeah. No, that hard too. It was like, whoa, whoa, Jesus, okay, we're, we're in it now. I guess, I guess he did blow the whistle or whatever the fuck, Kumite, like you know, <laughs> Kumbach. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit, you know, and then just Polgarten. Whoa. Yeah, but guys. I think it also, like, you're. It's crazy when you're a purple belt because you finally feel like white belt. You're like, I suck completely. Blue, you're like, okay, I'm starting to get this. And purple. <laughs> You're Paul starting to get it. Yeah. But on. once you get to purple, it's like, oh, now I'm kind of good. And now I can really go hard at it. I think that color of belt makes you a psycho. I think, yeah, I always say I think purple belts are black belts when it comes to, like, your overall knowledge of jujitsu. It's just not as refined. Yes. Like, a purple belt should be able to talk you through anything on the back, passing, mount, arm bars like a purple belt should be able to teach you almost all of jujitsu they just don't have all the little pro tips all the little pressure points all the little like small transitions and stuff like that figured out but and i think most purple belts will probably be black belts because if you earn a purple belt you've bought off on what this is yes you've already invested a substantial amount of time and and short of like a fucking catastrophic injury or something most there's a lot of blue belts that quit it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I got my blue belt. I'm fucking done. But the guys that make it a purple, they're here for the fucking long haul. Yes. Yeah, I started at blue. You just fucking day one blue belt? <laughs> yeah, my my, uh, my white belt buddy gave me a blue belt in his garage. So <laughs> I go to our first tournament. And at, no, at nobody Revolution. argued with that. Well, yeah. they, I, I guess there was like a rule like you couldn't wrestle in college and then be a white belt. Oh. Who made that rule? I don't know. That's what we. I was told. So they just get, here you go, and then I told Mar, uh, we were telling Marcelo that at Worlds, and he just plugs his ears, and he's like, "I don't want to hear." Yeah, I don't, like, hear. I don't know what the fuck you're what, talking yeah, about. Shut the fuck up, Jordan. <laughs> well, I mean, at the like at the end of the day, you can call it sambo or wrestling or judo or jujitsu, 
but it's grabbing other human beings and manipulating their body. Yeah. Yes. And you started doing that at four. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you're how- a fucking blue belt by anybody's standards yeah. just by being a collegiate wrestler. Maybe you know? put a stripe on that belt or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, the cool thing about how you approach training is like, cause you could rely on your wrestling and beat almost anybody in the gym, but you're like, Hey, fuck it. Let's see how X guards working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I honestly think the most dangerous jujitsu players are guys with wrestling backgrounds that also embrace jujitsu. That's where the fucking magic happens, you know? Because yeah. now you can dictate where the fight's taking place and when it goes onto the ground. But if you're comfortable underneath people too, it's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and that's also something that I realized. Like, Ivan. Ivan was like, dude, you got to start, you know, playing the game. You got to take care of your body. If you want to do this forever, you know, you got to start being smart about how you treat your body. And there's something, and not saying, yeah, not saying uh, <laughs> jujitsu is... Uh, not going to beat the shit out of your body because it just comes with in- injuries. But there's a, I you can't blast double people into your fucking sixties, you know, or or <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, you know what I mean. Bro. But you can you can you know work on certain things to be technical and last a lot longer in this sport. And I like I don't want to stop. Yeah, at any point in time. So it's like I gotta I gotta start like really trying to refine technique and getting there. But there's just, so there's so much to learn. Just think if you just stopped spending time on the mats. Like how fucked up that would feel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, well, know? My the longest time I've not wrestled was probably or you know, done any grappling was like two years after that knee surgery. And that was yeah. I came in here. Um I went to I think Ivan's a couple times and then you know the high school and all that and then I came into this room and it was like this is this is it but like were you healed up when you came here I was I was healed but mentally I wasn't I never heal you know what I mean yeah Yeah. like part of me was like mentally like ah my my knees this and my knees that and I kind of felt weird about what was the injury uh I got uh LCL okay I tore it and then they did the sur- the real injury was the surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you yeah. hear that all the time. Yeah. yeah, left or right? I just want to know which one to go after. Yeah, my right. <laughs> yeah, my right. Yeah. The the right one, and it was just it, heel hooks. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. That's what worries me about anybody who does leg stuff, man. I'll tap right away. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have uh, set up a super fight then <laughs> yeah. between you and Troy. Yeah, tap tap. <laughs> Good job, dude. Good job. Um, fuck, man. Like Ivan's a homie but I've only rolled with him one time mm-hmm. and I put in my butterfly hooks mm-hmm. and then I just felt like he was cemented to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like his fucking base is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't surprise anyone. He used to fight in the UFC. Like yeah. you don't get there by accident, Yeah, but at the same time, it's just like, well, in you, when did you roll with him? <sighs> a couple years ago, maybe a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Did somebody help him put his gi on? It was no gi night. Okay, because people have to help him put his gi on, because his he, he's oh, because he's so bound up. He's bound up, yeah, so yeah. it's like he. I mean, not to say he's not a motherfucker right now, but like he is a motherfucker. And back in the day, mm-hmm. it was like it's fucking scary. And now his son coming up, Ivan Junior. Yeah, like, is a carbon copy. You know, you know that that one where he like he's running around the uh, UFC and he's yeah, like, yeah, kissing yeah. like that. that was after he did. Uh, he triangled some fucker. Yeah, he, like, right. up-kicked him, and then he triangled yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, that's what his son looks like Jesus. at 16. Dude, 
It's it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous. And he's just an alpha. You know, he's like, let's go, come on. And he's Their like, team's, his, and he's respectful as fuck, yeah, he's too, He's such man. a good kid. Uh, Ivan did my podcast, and it was a long time ago. And when I was down there, his son's like, hey, sir, is there anything I can get you? Would you like a water? Like, just super fucking nice and well-spoken, mm-hmm. and he'll fuck you up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's as good as they get. You know, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, I met I met Ivan through Victor and Rob, and because that's their coach. And fucking, you've trained with Rob a lot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, fair bit. Because, yeah, dude, that motherfucker day. came here, and I cut through him like a hot knife through butter. And I was like, okay, Rob is a big, strong guy, but he doesn't have great jiu-jitsu. Yeah. All good, though. He's cool as fuck. Like, it didn't make me think any less of him until next time I rolled. I realized... We got that one out of the way? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was giving the the owner of the gym first date rules. Yeah. Because Rob's a motherfucker, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, he took off the lipstick and yeah, I was like, dude, got down. Uh, and then I'm like, because you know, once once you get a feel for someone, especially if you think you got their number, you have that little like boost of confidence in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. And then I went to his house and trained down in Seattle with him, and it was a different thing. And I was like, fuck, man, welcome yeah. to my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. it's cool though. Yeah, no, he's awesome. They're they're both awesome. Like, did that whole. I would say that that gym created um, a vibe very much like uh, Electric North. Mm-hmm. You know, they no, I agree. Everybody is uh, everybody I've met down there. I feel like could be homies with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a lot of cool guys. I mean, they they cater a lot to you know the the Seattle Amazon crowd, but some of those guys are motherfuckers, dude. Bro, that's that, savages. Yeah, that's a thing, man. Like like Rogan calls them nerd assassins. Like, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. If you spend enough time on the mats, oh, yeah. you can become a motherfucker, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, they do that, and then they go back to the fucking, you know, put on their suit and walk into fucking whatever gym, or not gym, but uh, high rise that they're working in. And, yeah. You know, it's like, what the hell? No, we went down there. Me and Joao went down there, and I think it was, uh, Ivan was having a birthday or something, and... My Brazilian gorilla just got fucking blacked <laughs> out. And, and, and him and Ivan were just pounding shots after shot after shot after oh, shot. Man. I was like, of course, Ivan and Joao would just fucking, you know, be oh, like yeah. instant homies, you know? Oh, yeah. Joao was fucking hanging his head out of my forerunner, puking down the side of it on I 5. And Daniel fucking, I don't even remember how Daniel got there. I don't know if he Ubered or something, but it. Me and Joao were just both hammered. It was like, Dan, come get us, dude. And he did. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, they, they did such a – and, I mean, being in downtown Seattle, like, you'd go hang out, and then, like, just a bunch of monsters would hit the town. And it was just – it was so fun. They, it was so Dude, fun. they were fuck- – even Ivan. Like, it was literally, like, one in the morning or something, and they're all, like, Let's go to the fucking clubs. We've got another hour before they close. I'm like, we're both blacked out fucking drunk, dude. Like, I don't want to go clubbing for 45 minutes. I want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it's like some of those dudes, like, they're just cut from that cloth. Like, when me and Folk were in Ranger Regiment, that's just called Thursday night, you know? But we were also all 21 yeah. years old. That was getting prepared to just to buff the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. We were, 
Shit, we were 19 when we started that. <laughs> you guys probably have some wild stories yeah. from, from back in the day. Bro, regiment was a fucking, like, at the time, that was just life. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't feel weird. You know what I mean? But you mean when, you guys didn't shotgun beers on a Tuesday night till you threw up and then start doing your chores? <laughs> <laughs> no. The chores so, part, no. So, <laughs> yeah, no we have, here's the weird thing, dude. It's like we have what's called common areas, and they're rotating, right? So sometimes you're responsible for shining the floors. Sometimes you're responsible for scrubbing down the fucking toilets. And it sucks, but it's also... That's just military life. When you're low ranking, you fucking clean everything up. And it also is an incentive to progress because once you go through through ranger school, you no longer have to fucking scrub toilets or buff floors or any of that shit. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I got to get my shit together and I got to succeed. But it it literally like every single day you wake up. What do we wake up at? 530 formation was at six and we started working out at 6 a.m. And then you wouldn't get off of work until like 5 p.m. at night. So the army isn't like a job. The army is more of just your life, yeah. you know. And then we'd have a couple hours. We would always go to the weight room again. Yep. So we'd get off work late. Then we'd go lift weights. And then we'd eat dinner. And then we'd have to clean our fucking common areas. And no one wants to do that sober. <laughs> and folk, like, do you, that's how we met. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. There you go. There's a good story. So I remember signing into the battalion. And, uh, like, they, you know, you go through in-processing, and then they take me over to Alpha Company, walk me up into the 3rd Platoon AO, and they introduced me to Mata, this giant Mexican dude who has a little tiny voice like this. <laughs> and uh, he's like, come on, I'll introduce you to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, were, you were mopping the showers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alpha I remember, Company, 3rd Platoon, that, 275. And we got to bullshitting. I was just jumped in, started helping mop and uh, wipe down sinks. And after like ten minutes, I was like, "I think I like this dude." We're homies, dude. <laughs> yeah. and here we are, twenty years later, drinking beers, fucking hanging out, uh, jujitsu, <laughs> dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a ranger question. Do I'm, you wear underwear, Greg? I do wear underwear. Do you? Yes, you I do. are on, a rare on. breed. Hang on. Did you wear underwear <laughs> on active duty? No, in BDUs you don't. Yeah, because okay, it, and hang on now, if you go into the woods with Jordan for three days, <laughs> are you looking for deer? Are you wearing undies or not? I I wear Under Armour underwear now in the yeah, woods. Yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I wear I wear them. Cuts day, down on the like, friction Monday through Friday. But if I'm going out in the bush, I don't wear undies. Oh, you but, wear, hang on, you take I them off serious. only to this go whole in the time, field. I thought yeah. you'd been wearing yeah, no, those no, no. Levi Strauss <laughs> with your no, no, no. Pecker just slammed against that zipper, and I was like, yeah, "How well, the hell?" No, 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 you've been imagining that. Yeah, it, I have. What's up, it. bud? But <laughs> uh, gross. Um, God damn it! Oh, I, was gonna, I sent you guys that uh, advertisement. Kuyu, the hunting outfitter. Kuyu, yeah. Kuyu. If, if one of you guys can get them to sponsor us, I promise I will wear underwear while hunting. Do you know the Kuyu story? Wild. Uh, the Cliff Notes. So the dude that started it started Sitka Gear. And wasn't he in the NFL before he started Sitka yeah, Gear? Yeah, I think he played for uh, San Francisco, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then he sold Sitka Gear and became a fucking multimillionaire again. And then he started Kuyu, and then Kuyu started becoming very successful. Then he fucking killed himself. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's fucking kind of gnarly, dude. But they're finding a lot of CD. dudes. Yeah, a lot of dudes that play professional sports, like especially football, 
and, and people that are exposed to head trauma, a lot of soldiers they're finding that the reason we have a fucking suicide epidemic is from CTE. Brain injuries. It yeah. just fucks your brain up and causes depression, from, you know? Yeah, all the blasts. Yep. Bro, how many, I mean, we weren't even like necessarily assigned breachers, but how many flex linears did you put on a fucking door? Lockbusters. Yeah. And you just turn your head and fucking boom. Yeah, minimum, minimum, minimum safe distance was for pussies. <laughs> you don't need that yeah. shit. Just back up two steps and set it off, Ranger. Dude, and like me and Folk, we when we became sergeants, we weren't the team leaders that were dicks to people. We were actually the team leaders that were cool to people because I know this is going to sound shocking to people. <laughs> But when you treat your subordinates with respect and you, you build friendships and actual relationships with them, they'll actually work better for you. Yeah. And the mission yeah. is actually more successful. It, it but, was more like our, we just performed. And so the idea was we are top performers in the platoon, so we have respect that way. And yeah. We, and we don't have to be dicks. We don't have to be yellers. People like the, the guys on our teams wanted to perform like – because like you look you up, you, you look up to your team leader. Like when I when I signed in as a new private and met my team leader, I thought I was like, "This is this is Jesus Christ reincarnate." <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And so you're there, and they're, they were probably two years older than us exactly, or something. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, but you look up to them and you want to be like everybody in that unit wants to be there. Nobody is like, I signed up for the Ranger Regiment so that I could hide in a corner and try not to do much. Everybody is extremely motivated and wants to be. Oh, God, it sounds like the Army recruiting be all you can be. <laughs> I always say, man, there's... Is there, is there a level of life experience that those guys have? You said they're two years older, but, like, two years in the Army. Two years like, in the Ranger Regiment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's some crazy crap, Yeah, so right? they've went through Ranger School, and then they've had uh, time as an E4. It's actually so pretty a... tightly indoctrinated. It's, it's not, like, broad-based life experience. It's just you get, you get fed with a fire hose in all the soldierly skills, right? So the amount of time you have in on a range, uh, doing CQB, doing battle drills, by the time you're a year and a half in is probably equivalent to someone who's spent eight years in a traditional infantry unit. Hmm. Yeah, dude. I always tell people there's, in my opinion, there's three reasons why the Ranger Regiment is exceptionally better than other infantry units. It's one, everybody has to volunteer to be there. Now, Obviously, in today's army, you have to volunteer to even be in the army. But to be in the Ranger Regiment, you have to have, you know, all the guys from the 82nd, 101st, 3rd ID, all the infantry units army-wide. If you're slotted to go to one of those, you have to raise your hand and say, actually, I want to try for something even harder. And then you have to go through selection. So just that process alone weeds out a lot of people. The next thing is, is we had basically unlimited funding. So with, with more money means more ammo, more hours in Blackhawks. Like, we were literally, I mean, I think our training budget was literally, like, endless. Yeah. You know? Well, that, that's why we had spendexes at the end of the year where it's like, hey, we have all of these extra frag grenades. Go throw them. <laughs> yeah. We spent too much money, and now we have too much shit. So. And then the last thing is the ability to get rid of guys. Like, a lot of infantry units, they're shitty performers. They're stuck with them. And they're literally stuck with them going on deployments, going to Iraq, going to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And you got guys on your platoon that are like, fuck, dude, this dude's a fucking piece of shit. He like, it doesn't matter like what he failed at. If it's like an integrity violation or maybe he sucks at PT or he sucks at shooting, he's going to war with you. In the Ranger Regiment, if you drop below the standards, you get one redo and then they kick you out. Hmm. And I, 
I could think of some other government organizations. Yeah, why don't that they could do that, that with cops? Fucking bro, <laughs> I think uh, here's with, why don't they do that with teachers? Yeah, why don't they do that with everything? Yeah. Dude, you know Andy? Do you you listen to Andy a lot, right? Andy Frisella? I I kind of cherry pick, but yes, yeah. Um, well, I was listening to him because everybody not know might not know it yet, but I think Andy will be the president one day. And off air, I'll tell you guys a little more. But uh, he's like, if I ever become the fucking president, I'm gonna pay teachers. $200,000 a piece. Yes. Oh, and I had a thought because we did our dictator for a day and we talked a little bit about this. And I even, like, later, I went back to it and I thought, you know what? A teacher, you should not be even allowed to have a teacher's certificate until you have 20 years of life experience in the workforce, whether that's military, law enforcement, entrepreneurship, working for the man, because you need to bring some life yeah. experience or to, maybe, uh, maybe a to decade. the students. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, 20, yeah. Well, I want a hot teacher. But I mean, look at, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro, if I found myself single tomorrow, I don't even think I would look at women under 30. No. No. Oh, you know what I'm God. saying? Ugh. That's a, Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> Jordan doesn't... He's, yeah. Jordan's, no, also, Jordan's also still... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, God damn it. What you're was you're like my buddy Charles. Check this girl out. She's 18. Bro. I'm like, bro, that's, I, whoa, whoa, that's basically whoa. pedophile. Who, who the hell said yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I'd feed them to the orcas. If there's grass right. on the field, play ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I heard about <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Put him in a t-shirt cannon. Yeah. Killer whales are hungry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's one of those things. Like an older lady who stays fit, like she's really working at it. Bro, that's, that's the best. Nice. Because, dude, half, half of the hot girls when they're 22... I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I've seen it. They're not hot when they're 42. Mm-hmm. So if they're still hot at 42, they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to be hot when they're 62, yeah. you know? Well, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, when we're 62, we'll think 62 girl, 62-year-old chicks are hot. Yep. I, That's yeah. just life, man. Yeah, I guess. We'll I actually out. have a theory on that. You don't have kid, any kids, right? No, I got four dogs, though. Okay. <laughs> no, I on, Bro, I honestly think... I think you're... The age of your children, you can never drop oh, below oh that. God, no, not even within 10 years. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, like Gwen was just here, who's, like, I look at, like, a daughter, and she's 16 now, right? Yeah. Like, in four years, she's going to be 20. That yeah. I'm going to look at girls that are 20 years old as, as children. Yeah. Well, you so know what I'm saying? I don't have kids, but I coach a high school wrestling team, and I look at those kids like, holy shit. Like, these are babies. They're fucking babies. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and I remember being in high school just thinking, like, I mean, I didn't think I was an adult, but I just remember you being, you were like, king shit. Well, I, I thought it was, like, not, I didn't think I was king shit. I just remember thinking, like, you know, I'm I'm old enough to make good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a... Well, we we I, hung out with you. I, yeah, I, exactly. I honestly... <laughs> still not there. I don't think I arrived at the ability to make good decisions literally until probably, maybe the last... Four 30, years, thirty-nine years old, something like God. that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's like that feels good, yeah. bro. Hey, you know <laughs> that? For saying that, you know that fucking show, the lottery ruined my life. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like people get rich overnight, and it just fucking ruins them. I'd like a shot. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for the first time in maybe ever in the last couple of years, I'm like, oh no. Well, if I got if I won twenty million dollars, I'd invest in this and I'd buy properties and I'd yeah. Not yeah. fucking Lambos and hookers and blow. Exactly. You know? yeah. I, yeah. I, I take all my friends to Vegas. No, I develop my business and put it into something that would give me income back. Yeah. Well, well the building wealth to but, pass down to your children. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, to parallel that into what you guys are saying, but it's only like, figured that out in the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. But like, look at child stars. Like the amount of child stars. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one. <laughs> Britney Spears. But yeah, like no, that's pure all, sarcasm. He looks like a heroin. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they all get screwed up, and it's like you see people that get fame later in their life. Maybe they've worked for twenty years. They've had a career. They've had a family. They've gone through. Th- issues they kind of know what to do with the fame and how to parlay it into a good life I think and so like to go with, with parents that are all fucked up because their parents are taking them to those disney yeah they're pushing yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah the parents are pushing it more than the kids are in the early years and so i think they have like a fucked up dynamic but to be a kid and get just like you won the lotto right you're yeah. saying like an old person winning the lotto but it's like yeah if you if you have more experience, if you've gone through a little bit of grit, if you've, you know, now at 40 years old, I'm kind of figuring out can what to do it. in yeah. life. I've made enough mistakes to know what not to do again. Well, and another thing is like part of part of growing up and, and reaching adulthood and then through your 20s is really kind of figuring out like, I don't think you know who the fuck you are until probably your mid 30s, right? Yeah. So as a child, you're, you're. 13, 14, you have all these people kissing your ass and pandering to you and sucking your dick. And it's like the world's out of alignment because those at that age, you're not supposed to hold that kind of power, you know, but the world we live in now, like you don't think Christina Aguilera had fucking just a hundred fucking people kissing her ass and every her every whim like fuck man of course they're going to get fucked up. Well, and I feel like that's almost the problem now with being a parent is like society doesn't allow you to parent your kids a certain way that like it's like no these kids need to be fucking dealt with bro it's it's definitely harder i think the the biggest key for me was getting them out of public school because dude you always hear like oh public schools and indoctrination and it's they're pushing an agenda and it's like well at the time when I pulled them, I didn't know how drastically or how drastic that really was and how true that was until I removed them from that cesspool. And it's like, oh, all that shit is true. Public school is fucking atrocious, man. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's making our kids' brains fucking mush. Yeah, we're, we're sending the boys back to public school next year, and I'm pretty freaking concerned. Bro, you should be concerned. Yeah, like, I, I will be closely monitoring classwork and dynamics etc well it goes back to what we just said a couple minutes ago about paying teachers 200 grand a year right yeah. uh, 200 grand a year that's so much money well if we didn't send billions to every other fucking country into ukraine well, th- think what it would pay back in 20 years that's what i'm saying but not only would it like the, what it would do is it would make teaching a competitive position yes like people aren't gonna fucking bend over backwards like some states are paying their teachers like in the 40s you oh, know? Yeah, it's terrible. Like you can't fucking that's not a career. But they you also can't. they're also hiring people who don't bring life experience and then they're more indoctrinated into the teachers union and more concerned about themselves than they are with kids. And that's what we said in one of our latest episodes is that if you're going to be a teacher, you need to be putting children first. That's that's kind of one of the the tenets of hey, I want to be an educator for a living. And if you're not returning to school intentionally saying, Hey, we don't want to come back to in person learning you're not putting the kids in front of yourself because you know it's fucking destroying them, and especially especially in the low-income 
parts of uh, the country where a lot of those kids, that's where they eat. Like they get their breakfast and lunch at school mm -hmm. yeah. and then they get, that's, that's the chance to get out of their broken ass home is going to the school. Yeah, so yeah. if you're a fucking teacher and you're saying, no, we don't want to go back to in-person learning because we're afraid of COVID. Fuck you. You are not in it for the kids. And that's why I think that teaching should be like a $200,000 a year job. And you should have to like, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you should have to have some real life experience yeah. so that it's, it's something that like you wouldn't lure me away now for, 140 because I'd be like, eh, not worth my time. But yeah. At 250, I might be like, you know what? I've been an army ranger. I've worked for the CIA. I started all over again in a recession, clawed my way up through a, a blue collar trade, worked my way back to the top of that, started my own business. I have something to offer children in a classroom because yeah. I've been around and I don't need a fucking bachelor's degree. I can just go get a teaching certificate because I can make a difference in their life because of my unique experience. And somebody else may have a completely different, uh, you know, background than I do, but that's good. That, that brings more depth. life experience. Yeah. Depth of experience mm -hmm. into the school system. No, bro. It always, uh, cause you know, in my forties now I have lots of friends that have adult kids and I've heard, some of my friends are like, yeah, my, my son or my daughter is going to be a teacher. And it's like, they're 19. Like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Are we yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. You know? like They're going to go party with the, the high school kids? Like, even if the they can up. go teach them math, like, you're a mentor. It's a leadership position. There's more to it than just the curriculum, yeah. you know? But that's, hey, hang on, that's what public school has become. It's curriculum and follow the curriculum and teach the kids to fill out the bubble test and everybody has to, it's groupthink. Everybody has to think the same way. The public education system has become a national clearinghouse for the quote unquote approved information. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like the reason, it's very clear that, that public education is just kind of shit lately. Yeah. You know, but for me, the, the reason it was time to pull them out was all the woke shit that's getting pushed on them. Yeah, that, that's what I'm worried about. And it, bro, and that's, it's front and center. Yes. Like my oldest, I mean, she's 14 now. She feels like a little adult. But at the time, I think it was like two years ago, she was like 11 or 12. Yeah. And she's, she came home one day and was like, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to be straight or gay when I grow up. And I'm just like, well, you don't have to think about it. That's why I said, that's why I said, that's, this is literally how the conversation went. I said, sit down for a second, okay? I said, I don't know what the fuck they're telling you at school or what the conversations you're, you're overhearing or that you're partaking in. But yesterday, what you were interested in was catching frogs in the backyard, right? Yeah. And today, when you get home from school and your fucking homework's done and you've done your math and you've done your reading, you should be going and looking for frogs in the backyard, and she was always kind of a tomboy. Like, I liked, like, that's cool, right? And I said, who you want to fuck when you become sexual? And I talk to my kids just like this, like, because I feel like that's, like, treat them like real people, you know? And I said, when you become 14, 15, 16, 17, and you start having sexual desires for another human being, because that's what happens, I said, it's not a choice you make. You're going to know what well, you like. Just like as a child, you want to go catch frogs or you want to go play Legos. At some point, you're going to be like, I want to go try to touch that girl. Yeah, I bro. I want to go try to touch that boy. Yeah. And it's, it, you're not going to get to choose. It's going to choose you. 100%, dude. And that's what I said. I said, you have a long time before you have to make some type of, it, it, like, the fact that you think you have to make a choice, I said, go live your life and then let life happen. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit that you feel like as a fucking 10-year-old girl, 
you're one you're wondering yeah what, exactly. what am i gonna do yeah at 11 years old that's your brain, fucking your indo- brain should be going i want to climb that tree it's indoctrination so bro it yep, really exact, is oh it's exactly what it is it's, you know well every every school that i go uh, and I, I travel all over with the team like going to different schools and doing this every single school i go to there's one two maybe three american flags i see and there are 50 Gay flags? Gay flags. On every fucking window you walk into, on the office window, in, ev- like, all the all the classrooms when you pass them, they got them. Teachers have them up in their room. No American flag in the room, but there's a gay flag. Bro, or it's all, like, it's all virtue signaling bullshit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because, like, you know what? Little Antifa fists Bro, or whatever. Could, Black yeah, Lives yeah. Matter fists. You I mean. could come train here. Like, we actually had a person training here that was transgender. Guess what? Nobody knew. Nobody gave a shit. That they were transgender? No, I, I spot it's in the kids' class. No, it was okay. in uh, adult class. Okay. And I'm not going to, and I don't even know if I'd refer to them as a him or a her. Like, I don't know how the game's played, right? Yeah. But, but the, the truth of it it's is. It's played with respect. That's how it's played. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to be here cool. and train with me, and I'll teach jujitsu. Yes. And you're sharing my mat room with my team. And guess what? Nobody gave a fuck because. We're here, and we're being kind human beings, and we're treating each other with respect. We're having fun, and we're working hard. That's what matters. Nobody fucking's like, hey, uh, if if I feel like I'm a girl, but I want to have sex with with other girls while pretending to be a guy, are you guys cool with that? Like, shut the fuck up. None of that stuff is I'm even a dude, real. Up as a dude. <laughs> Pretended to be another dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, the, so the schools, here's the thing. The schools want to act like, oh, we're a safe place and, 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 and we'll take care of you and we respect you. But really what they're doing is they're weakening them. Yes. Because like yes. all of that is a dog and pony show. The real world doesn't care who you fuck. The real world doesn't care if you think your dick is a pussy or any of that bullshit. The real world cares who the fuck shows up and how you perform. Yeah. And that's what we judge people off of. And all we have to tell kids that are gay, kids that are transgender, kids that are black, like all the shit that they're dividing kids over, like, oh, well, it's racism and it's transphobes. All of that shit is fabricated. The message we need to be teaching our kids is fucking show up, treat people with kindness have integrity be the hardest worker in the room and when you go home at night nobody cares who you fuck nobody cares what color your skin is nobody cares what religion you are it's really fucking simple dude yeah and you get that on the mat room that's why this is so pure you know because all of that yeah that's we're here to compete and like in a rough way so all your whining and crying and virtue signaling doesn't count for shit when the bell rings i mean rogan says it all the time you can't be full shit on the mats yeah and once you can't be full of shit, then all the bullshit gets stripped away and it actually feels good. Yeah. You know, I say it all the time on my podcast, a mat room commands a pecking order. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, like oh, I'm better than you, you're worse than me. But the truth is when you look at, I mean, what do we have? You just know. Well, it's just Mike, like what Mike you Kozak s- ground my forehead into the That's mat what I'm saying. for like six minutes <laughs> yeah. this afternoon. Bro, when we, when we all line there's up. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, <laughs> when we all line up at the end of practice and you look at every man and woman standing there, we all have an intimate understanding of how we compete against each other. And it doesn't matter if that person is better than you or they're worse than you. When you have that relationship with someone, everybody can just go, <sighs> Yeah, there's no, we don't have to be full of shit because yeah. we already all know. And that's actually freeing, it's, it, dude. It, it's relaxing. It is, it man. Is. There's no, 
think about like, cause my, my oldest son is going into middle school next year. So we're going back to public school and we're going into middle school, which I think are like the worst three years of any kid's life. And, uh, think about all the, like the sort of posturing and posing. And whatnot that go, bro. You can't do that here. No. Or you can, like you can show up and start shadow boxing <laughs> and then Kozak's going to make It's not going to end up. well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you can walk around with your chest puffed out and, and act like you got the biggest dick in the room. And that'll last about 10 minutes because there's somebody in the room that'll squish you, yeah. you know? And then it's like, okay, none of that stuff's necessary here. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. You can't, you can't fake anything. You have to be yourself, which allows you to sort of chill out and relax. And that's why bro, like, but that's, oh, sorry. No, I was uh, just going to say like, and, and you do it too, as a kid's coach, you guys come in here 15 minutes early before adult class. You see all the kids fighting, bro. I honestly think like, combat arts for children it could be one of the tools to save our fucking country dude yes yeah. yeah well and and to what you guys were talking about about like pecking orders and this and that and like working hard to get better at something that's just like what you're saying in the rangers right or just in the army right where it's like oh you're a low-ranking guy scrub that toilet yeah you want to get better you won't have to scrub the toilet anymore yeah. and that's getting stripped away at in public schools, everybody's a winner. Yeah, we we have if you, if you we got to give everybody a shot. It's like, well, he doesn't want to get a shot. Oh, he's not gosh. earning a shot, yeah. but he's just waiting until his time comes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and yeah. it's just like that's that's what's happening more and more and more. And it's kind of it pisses me off because, well, it pisses me off because parents aren't taking responsibility it's, for yeah, their fucking it's, kids. It's actually, well, it's dads being pussies, and well, and and exactly, parents like. When the fuck did it become, like, virtuous to not expect anything of your children? It's almost like I'm an asshole because I, I have, like, standards and rules in the house. And a lot of people think I'm a dick. And it's like, no. I, it's I, called I, structure. I, I actually, if my kids are behaving right, you'll find me on the couch reading a book. Well, bro, you, you knew my dad extremely well. Yeah. Cool motherfucker, right? Yep. Like, fun to hang out with, fun yeah. to have drinks with, fun to fucking, like, what... F- Go to his house and he's oh, like, yeah. having the Bro. fucking UFC when I, fights. When I like, was 25 years old, one of my favorite places to hang out was at your parents' house. Yeah, my dad was cool as fuck. Yeah. I was terrified of my dad yes. my entire life. Yeah, and Jen Jen can't believe it now because I'll tell her, st- she'll be like, your dad would never have done this. And it's like, <laughs> you knew my dad when- When you the, were an adult? All, exactly. Yeah, all our three our relationships his. change. Yeah. In my relationship with my dad, he literally called me into the garage. He's like, bro, listen up get in the garage. We have something to talk about. And I'm like, no fuck dude. You know? (laughs) And I was 18. I had signed up for the military. Like I I didn't think that I'd done anything to get fuck to get in trouble over, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And he's like, listen, bro, I rode you hard your whole life. I I fucking like, I didn't take any shit from you. I fucking, I made, I made sure that you fucking stayed on the up and up and you were doing what you needed to do. He's like, but that's my job as a fucking dad. He goes, you're leaving for the military. You're grown up. That job's over. He goes, I'm, I want to transition from your dad to your friend. And put his hand out, shook my hand. Yeah. And I was like, kind of scared. Like, what, what is happening right now, bro? And then we went in and fucking poured a Captain and Coke. And as you know, me and my dad drank Captain and Coke together <laughs> for the rest of his life. Yeah. And he became one of my best friends. Yeah. And that, that's the same man that had held me up against the wall by my throat saying, you want to fuck around, I'll fucking kill you while I fucking pissed down my leg. Like, your dad 
if the fucking kid can hold alpha energy, yep. the whole yes. house is out of alignment. Yes. yes, and so that I have two up and coming alpha males in my house. <laughs> yeah, and so you're gonna shit, have times. Fucking you're gonna have times where you have to hold yeah, them up. Exactly. I mean, my dad fucking snatched me off the ground, and I was already bigger than him. My dad was like five nine, five ten. Yeah, but he was thick and strong, yes. and he fucking grabbed me by my neck and just boom, and my feet were off the ground. Yeah. And at 16 or 17, like, I wasn't used to feeling that kind of power. <laughs> but you know how it is. You're yeah. a 16-year-old kid. You got a, you got a couple years of wrestling, and you won some stupid fights at the bus stop, and you think you're a badass. Yep. And you're not a badass yeah. when it comes to a 45-year-old man that's been turning wrenches his whole life and grew up hard as fuck, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's weird that we think that's a problem. Like, of course you should be afraid of your dad. Yes. Like, Like, (laughs) well, also, like, would you think about a child's sort of need for safety and the need to feel safe? Would you feel safe in a house if your dad was a pussy? Yeah. If you had some big fat gut. Well, if you thought you could beat his ass. Exactly. You got CNN, dad. Yeah. 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 When I was was 15, I thought I was pretty salty. And my dad told me to do something. I don't remember what it was, but I punched him in the jaw. (laughs) Fucking wild. I remember him. He he took one step back, and he kind of paused for a half a second. And, like, you could tell the wheels are turning. And then he hit me so hard that I flew back into my bedroom door, and the the hinge actually, or the, uh, the knob held, and we took the entire inside of the frame. And I landed on my back on top of my door, Inside my bedroom. But, bro, you talked to most like, men. But, but you know what? After that, we got along real well. I was just going to say, hey. We established a pecking how order. this fucking works. <laughs> yeah. And the pecking yeah. order felt kind of good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, that's like when you get in a fight and then you're buddies with the kid. Yeah. You got to fight with. It's like, okay. Well, well, dude, that's another thing that I talk about a lot on my show. I honestly think there is a... Uh, Playground you know, scraps have been replaced with... Bullshit, social media, like bickering. Bickering, yeah. I honestly think that like there's an intimacy that human beings need to share with each other. And I'm not talking sexual intimacy. I'm talking about physical touch. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes it is under the, the, the terms are actually an altercation. Yeah. When you get. But also like, oh God, this is going to sound so gay, vigorous activity. Yeah. Oh no, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Bro, when it's, when it's vigorous activity and. Yeah. You're touching another person. Oh, that jujitsu stuff's gay. Yeah. Come do a fucking round with me and tell me <laughs> if it feels sexual. Find it, out if you get a boner. Because it doesn't. You know. And if you do, no, and bro, not. and I've had training partners that. Are, if you do, you can't stay. Bro, you have to go to another. There were some girls I trained with in California that were tens. Yeah. I'll show you pictures after we get off. Please do. Yeah. And guess what? When you're rolling with them, it's not a sexual experience no. at all. No. We're training. And we're training to be able to learn how to outposition so we can hurt each other. And I had this girl that was like a fucking model. I was on her back and she choking the shit out of her. (laughs) No, dude, she took her leg and put her knee, like bit the end of my foot like this, and heel hooked me from back control. And I remember, and I was like, my knee's gonna pop today, and I won't tap to her because she's 110 pounds and she's pretty. Fuck my knee. And I was like, I'm just letting it go, dude. And it popped, and it wasn't a catastrophic injury. It, it hurt, and it, I was fucked up for a few days. But nothing. it wasn't, like, a big deal. Ten years later. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of her. You wouldn't have to her either. Uh, 
but no, what my whole point is though, there's nothing sexual, right? But I do think that when I think human beings, like you look at nature, a lot of creatures have play where they're touching each other. They're sleeping in piles. They're like, yeah. there is, there's a connection. And I honestly think that's why jujitsu is blowing up. It has nothing to do with the self-defense. Oh, it's hundred percent to do with community. Yeah. But I think the community aspect of it grows stronger because we literally physically touch each other every single day. Yeah. And we live in a society where everybody's isolated now. Yeah. You know, I mean, do we, we have to try and get our kids to toughen up because they, they've been raised. So the, the wrestling team, you, you get like new kids and they just don't quite understand. Like we say hard hands, right? And that means you're in your stance and you're basically more or less beating the shit out of somebody that, and they try and stay in their stance. And I want you pushing, pulling, hitting, snapping, you know, all, all that. And they just, they don't know how to put their hands on another human in a, an aggressive way. So like, and it's genius and it's my, one of my high school wrestling coach put him on a wall, had him do a wall sit, right. And gave him a fucking tire and just said, beat it as hard as you can against the wall on that wall sit and just started fucking whacking it. And all of a sudden he was like, see how you're like in this motion of just like, and you're in the mat room and they're, they're doing it and they're yelling, you know, all of a sudden it's like, now do that to that kid. Fuck yeah, and pretty dude. soon they're just beating the <laughs> hell out of each other. And that oh, yeah. team hasn't won a district championship in like, I don't know, 20 years. And they won a district championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. junior high kids. We're talking about sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. But that's where it starts. Yeah. And you need to have like these kids doing mm. shit like that. Because yeah. it's like you, you, you need to be able to get into a physical altercation. Because that will lead to, if you're, if you're a good person... That will lead to becoming a protector. For sure, bro. Yeah. yeah. Dude, my, my kids get mad because they will, like Greg was saying, like two squirrels in a sock. They will be going at each other, and they're big enough now that they're starting to, like, break shit in the house while they're, like. <laughs> yeah. And, Take and, it and, outside. And, yeah, and I have to break it up because I'm like, oh, God, they're, they're getting close to hurting each other. You know what I mean? But they're still having fun, so I'll, like, kind of <laughs> split them apart, and then they're pissed at me because I'm not letting them. We're just playing, but it's like, no, nah, I can see you. I can see like parents have you know an how, intimate understanding. Well, it's of like right when you reach that point when it goes from but you start playing seeing anger in their eyes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, where they're one's laughing, the other's got that flash of anger in the <laughs> eye, and you're like, mm, time to time to get involved. Here. But <laughs> it's also at the same like as nuts as it fucking drives me, and I've got like divots in the drywall and shit. At the same time, it's like, fuck yeah, good. Well, yeah. bro, like yeah. a lot of the. I mean, just in the jujitsu world, a lot of the toughest athletes in the entire sport are brothers. Oh, I could name I could name thirty sets of brothers yeah. in jujitsu that are upper echelon competitors because they've had that since they were fucking born. Yeah. Well, not only that, but if you have like, there are times when I'll like I'll see something pop up on on social media and I'm like, oh, that's a good little like fuck, Jen. There's no chance Jen's gonna let me like. Try to, you know what I mean? I can't be like, hey, come, here, this. Come, come here real quick. I want to try something. Yeah. yeah. No. But if you have a brother in the in the house, be like, hey, come here real quick. I want to try this. And yeah. before you know it, you're in a full-on fucking match. Bro, yeah. when when I started dating Jenny, I was in that I fucking did, this I remember. psychotic <laughs> white belt phase yeah. where I was training seven days a week, and I had to fucking, everything that I saw, everything that I read, and it wasn't like YouTube and shit wasn't like a big 
Yeah. I don't even know if it was back a back thing then. Yet. The internet was e-bombs. Remember, we would watch yeah, yeah, e-bombs yeah. world for like half an hour in the evening <laughs> to laugh at the stupid Badgers song. And, and uh, waffle fries. That's and, uh, uh, <laughs> home star runner. Remember that one? I don't. <laughs> that was another. I just remember Badgers, 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 Mushroom, So yeah, like I, we didn't have all these Only training people over resources. 40 laugh at that. <laughs> so I'd fucking have Jenny and be like, "Come here, I'm, I'm, I need to." practice triangles you know yes, i remember this at like we'd be at your parents house hayden and i'd be getting drunk with your dad and you've got jenny in the living room like practicing arm bars <laughs> <like that. laughs> yeah it's funny too because she i tell her now i'm like shame on you dating a white belt shame on you how did you not know better you know but uh yeah that's crazy to think she's been with me almost i mean i started training hard literally like Six or eight months before I met her. So she's she was there the day I got my blue belt. It's fucking ridiculous. What was your first gym for jiu-jitsu? Um, so my first, like, I didn't have a first gym. My first legit training was when I was deployed to Ramadi. Mm-hmm. And two of the guys on the team were Navy SEALs. And one of them was a brown belt. And one of them was a purple belt. And they're really good athletes, too. And so... Like, hey, Greg, you want to train tonight? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to train. I'm going to fuck these dudes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what you think. Yeah. You know? You're young, dumb, full of And it's like we used to energy. fucking. <laughs> Piss and vinegar. Like we used to do, we in the army, we called it combatives, where we'd fucking go out in the grass and we'd fucking just fight each other. Yeah. And I always did pretty good. I felt comfortable, you know? Yeah. But none of, nobody knew anything. Yeah. And well, so, hey, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. This is where the army fucks up because they'll, t- they'll take like. Okay, let's say they take Jordan, Mike, and Greg, and they'll be like, we'll send you to the Gracie Academy in Seattle for two weeks. Now, you guys are the battalion jujitsu experts, and oh. you're going to come back and teach everybody else bro. Uh, what you learned. Yeah, bro, <laughs> literally, two weeks, and oh, then you come geez. back, and then it's train the trainer. And it's like, think about a white belt that's trained for two weeks. He doesn't even fucking... He didn't even know where his fucking belt. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Th- Thursday mornings, we'd just go out in the grass and basically brawl. And, it, and, and Ma, hey, Mata, shout Mata. out to our, our our Mexican again. My favorite Mexican. My favorite Mexican. He was the guy that went and did train the trainer. Yeah. And so he came back. It was like, but he, but he was instantly is, like the baddest motherfucker in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> this is what a no triangle way. looks like. You know? <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. But the thing is, is I had... I had a little piece of jujitsu, right? Because we got that. Dude, yeah. This is how you rear naked choke someone. Oh, okay. I'll fuck you up now. I know a rear naked choke. Or I know a triangle. And it's like what I learned after I started training for real is it's like it's not knowing submissions that wins fights. It's timing. It's scrambling. It's being able to read other people's positions and their intentions and and watch how they're moving in relation to how you're moving. All that stuff takes hours years fucking decades and so when the seals said hey you want to train i was like let's fucking go (laughs) you know and and you know what purple and brown belts do to a guy that doesn't train yeah humiliating and i was just like no it was like what the (laughs) fuck dude and me and folk got all fucking big and strong we were walking around like north of 200 pounds like and yeah, it's cool that you are strong in the weight room, but if it doesn't transition to fighting, what good is it? It was dead. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was literally. I mean, it was muscle, but it was. It wasn't functional. Show no. muscles, not yeah. go yeah. muscles. And, yeah. and, and so, as soon as I got home from that deployment, and I was living in late, I was living in that fucking house. Yeah. And I said, uh, I have to learn to fight. 
so I found Charlie Pearson and I found North Zone. Yep. And I was like, these are the two shows in town. I'm going to train with them. And they had, I could train seven days a week between the two gyms. So you did both at the same time? Oh, yeah. When you went? Okay. Yeah, yeah. white through purple belt, I was doing MMA the whole time, too. Okay. And I actually look back on that, and I think that was probably a blessing in disguise because it yes. showed me, and you did the same thing, like, it showed me where my jiu-jitsu is good in a fight and where it, I can still get punched in the fucking mouth. And I think that's a good understanding to have. See, but that's my problem because I think MMA still. Like, I'll, I just want to jump around someone and try and get on top with Dude, I don't think that's a problem at all. Because I'm thinking hammer fist instead of going for a collar choke. <laughs> or going for, you know. I think it would be fun to do a class where it was like slap jiu-jitsu or whatever the hell that is. You know? So, bro, I was actually thinking about this and incorporating it here at the gym. Now that we have two mat rooms and doing, even if it's a... Uh, one day a week and calling it combat jujitsu. Yeah. And it's where we're not here to hurt each other. We're not here to fight. But if you're in a bad position, you're going to learn why that's a bad position. And with gloves on, even getting hit that hard. Like, mm -hmm. no one's going to get fucking concussed. No one's, we're not fighting up here. Yeah. This is simply to show you where your jujitsu works and where you can still get fucked up, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, I think maybe, I don't know if we're ready for that right now. But I think we got enough guys that would be interested in that. You uh -huh. got the Blue Belt Mafia, the young kids like Skyler and Angel and Easton that, like, they're fucking becoming savage. And yeah. I think they would eat something like that up, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that should be a Blue Belt requirement, though. I yeah, think You know what? That's not a bad thing either. Yeah. You know? That white belt, no, no. -uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fundamentals. There's nothing more dangerous than an athletic white belt. Right? Yeah, spaz. That doesn't know what he's doing. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. a good way to fuck up your knee. <laughs> Dude, fuck, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but I looked over the other day, and it was like two guys that had just signed up, and they're both pretty athletic, and just I was just like, fuck, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is where shit goes bad. You looking through the file, making sure they sign their shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, how long are your guys' shows usually? Two hours, three hours. Two hours? Yeah. Dude, let's, let's take a pee break. Oh, you're going to take a pee break? Let's okay. I was going to say, let's burn a joint. Oh, they're right let's, here. Let's do both. Okay. Pee break, joint. It was every day. That's that's how practice started. Yeah. And now there's some kids that can't run for fucking two minutes. Yeah, well, dude, there's you know no crazy fucking those... PE. Yeah. You I, can take I PE never... online. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, so with... With, uh, you know, just trying to make kids tough, you know, how are you going to do that? Like, again, that comes down to the rough housing, letting your kids get into a fucking scrap bef before they fucking, uh, with their, with their brother. What are these two giggling about? <laughs> he's trying, he's trying to get that mic stand. He's been yeah. fighting it. No, dude, I got it right there. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Now he's kicked back. Power lounging. Yeah. Uh, Boom. Yeah. So much better now. Hands cramping though. Yeah. <sighs> You're going to burn your gi. You're going to burn a hole in your gi. I get him. I, I, I get him for free. No big deal. <laughs> Not me. Shout out Moya Brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take one of those then, please. Yeah. Uh, I never ran further than a mile until I joined the Army. And I hated the, remember like twice a year in school, you had to run a mile for time? Yeah. And I would get so fucking salty about it and walk half of it. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not running yeah. a mile. Are you Why the fuck me? was your two-mile time like 1130 then? I hate because, people well, like you. Dude, when you show up, actually, basic, <laughs> <laughs> so basic training actually was difficult in some ways because I remember they divided us 
it was like the first couple of days. You went on like a two-mile slow run. I was like, holy shit, we had to run two miles? And then it was like two and a half and then three. And then they split you into ability groups. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're put in a group that pushes your time. And so pretty quickly I was into the fast group. And I was, at first I was like proud of myself. And then I realized, holy shit, I have to run like this every <laughs> fucking morning now. Are you kidding me? And then that just became a way of life. And so one of the things I'm doing with training Northwest and uh, just trying to get a little bit of like engagement from customers and the public is uh, this, this actually came from Sheely because Sheely had his valve replacement and Brian Sheely and I, Brian wasn't in the army, but because he was Greg's buddy, I would run into him pretty often. And anytime Sheely and I were together, we were going to take each other on like a to the death fucking vision closing in five mile run because Brian could run like a fucking antelope. Well, he ra- he rode crew for UW. Like he was a athlete. That's pretty super good. Super fucking athlete. That's pretty yeah. good. So yeah. anytime we went out drinking, Brian and I would get up the next morning and just go for a gnarly run. And so he texted me on the winter sol- solstice. December 21st, he said, bro, I, I ran for the first time in forever. And uh, I think he said like three miles or something like that. But he's like, dude, my, my cardio is starting to come back. Like it's getting better since his last round of surgery. And I was like, oh, shit. If this motherfucker's out running three miles, I was like, you know what? I'll never get back to 22-year-old ranger speed. But I'm going to try to make it a uh, – I want to make a 21-minute three-mile by the summer solstice, so June 21st. So I've been running more than I usually would. What's your three-mile time right now? I got one in 21.10. Just, That's uh, fucking good, bro. Yeah. So, But what, I've, what I'm realizing and what I'm remembering from those early days is it was all just about enduring misery for long periods of time because the difference between – like my normal pace is actually like eight minutes – but I can just go out and be like, all right, the next 22 minutes are going to fucking hurt. And I'm going to be in all kinds of mental, like you can build a lot of mental toughness by pushing yourself on a run. And I think that when I think back to those, those two miles, when I actually, it, it counted for something and I what, ran like 1107 or some shit like that, I was on the verge of blacking out for, <laughs> you know what I mean? For, for a mi- the, the latter mile and a half. Like I ran so hard for the first mile that my vision started to close in. And that's where, you, that's where you're like, okay, this is my limit. Now hold this, back it off just a little bit so that you can kind of <laughs> like see where you're going oh and God. then just keep going. Yeah. And that, that's, and that was one of the traits of being in the Ranger Regiment is who's just going to keep going no matter what. Is that an on or off switch you've had in other things? Or sports uh, or activities, I think an ability to do in that? In my 20s, yes, and in, in my teenage years. But now that I'm older and slower, like, not no. <laughs> but, bro, that's like, you know, there's a saying in fighting and jiu-jitsu, you can't teach heart. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I think you can. Yeah, you because, can develop it at Because, least. bro, that's developing heart right Ab- there. Absolutely. You know, or like what we talked about earlier is, like, people putting you in bad positions yeah. that, that starts to scare you. It's moral courage. And yeah, yeah. I, That's why... Like you always talk about uh, microdosing adversity. That's why it's so important is that it gets you used to discomfort and it increases your moral courage so that when someone's kind of like pushing you into a corner, you've got that little bit of saltiness where you, you believe in yourself, you understand what it's like to be uncomfortable, and you're not afraid to get uncomfortable right fucking now. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the key that sets people free yeah. is everybody's so afraid of losing one of the comforts in their life. They're going to the they're gonna where, take my health insurance card. To the people, like and people went and got get, fucking vaccinated that didn't want them. I really don't want to do this, but I have to because, yeah. because what? 
because you might not make as much money and you might fucking go hungry and you might be cold. Like, throw that shit at me. Yeah. See what the fuck, like, Rick, you guys all know Rick, right? The guy that, you know Rick very well. Yeah. Um, Rick who framed the gym. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fucking awesome dude, right? Good guy. And uh, we were talking about that. He's one of my favorite fucking people. And he goes, bro, you know why I don't care? Because if I don't get vaccinated and they fire me and I lose everything and I have to go out in the woods and starve. It's like, all temporary. He goes, it's all fucking he goes I've been down and out before and being down and out again doesn't scare me. And he yeah. goes, and you know what else? I always come back a little stronger, so whatever. And it's like, bro, they, that's so much fucking wisdom, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. But 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 to him, it's just how he's choosing to live his life. Yeah, That's why I love that motherfucker. Yep. But a, the majority of our society allows other people to make decisions sure, for him, dude. I, well, it's insanity. That, but what they consider necessity is ridiculous. When I, when I was just... Uh, I had just turned out. I had just gotten my journeyman's license as an electrician. And I was doing a lot of side work on the weekends, just cash jobs. People would call in. And I remember... Did you report all that money to the IRS? Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> gave, I gave them 70, 70 cents on every dollar. Hopefully you didn't use Vemno because they already see it. Yeah. But I, re I remember getting a call during a windstorm that uh, the power main had been taken out and the Wi-Fi was out. <laughs> Fuck, And dude. I was like, wait you want me to come out and fix your power main like now while there's gale force winds <laughs> blowing? And they're like, yes, our Wi-Fi doesn't work if we don't have power. And I was like, okay. And I, so I just charged them like $2,000 for an afternoon's <laughs> worth of work. Cause Jesus. I was like, if I'm going out here in the storm, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. you're thinking of this as like Life food, water, like shelter, safety, Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I like, All right. And they paid it. Well, bro, yeah, and people are out of touch. Like, this generation is out of touch. And I've seen this with fucking kids that I that I love and kids that I look at as family. Like, sometimes they're just out of touch with reality because of technology. I have to admit, um, I felt it last night. Just Jordan and I went hunting for three days, get nice get out in the woods and really isolated cell phone service sucked and it's like i got off of instagram i got off of everything for three days i could yeah. get texts or phone calls to talk to my loved ones but most of the time it's like wherever you were Nobody the service was shitty so i came home last night uh at about i finally got home at about nine i fed my horses i did all my stuff after driving home with jordan and it was like okay um unpack stuff Hop in the shower, finally lay down. It's like, oh, let's just open the phone. You got Wi-Fi and just the suck of what that was on me, not only like consuming my time, but just the intensity of it. It's like you get back and there's a new story and there's a new news article. And then it's like people dancing and this new trend. And I've been gone for four days and now there's a oh, whole there's fucking thing. That, that yeah. everybody's been going back and, and forth on. Yeah, and just that intensity, it, it, it speeds up your life. It but, sucks your soul. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's hard to get away from it because everyone operates it too. They're all being immersed in it too. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm actually looking forward to the... Uh, 
when we do that August rifleman camp. Oh, these guys will all be out. Yeah, there. it'll be a blast. In fact, are you? I think you're coming I'm out in. to do some instructing too. Yeah, okay, I'm in, dude. So fuck the whole the whole gang's gonna be out there. There's no cell reception out there. What are uh, so it's gonna be three days of? Can I pay you two thousand dollars to put Wi-Fi in out there? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, are you able to unpack that on the air, or is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you want to like? What do you mean unpack it? Like w- what the the vision is of each day and kind of like oh, what what? Yeah. So I talked about mind. this in one of the intros a couple weeks ago. Um, do you remember? You remember EIB, right? Of course. So all the tasks at EIB were considered a skill level one task uh, tasking, which means that any private should be able to be um, expert in these tasks. And it's basically marksmanship, uh, radio function, first aid, land navigation, and there's a few others that like. You don't need to know how to throw a grenade because we don't have grenades. But so I figured out, okay, I'll take I'll take marksmanship, uh, land navigation, and first aid, and roll that into a three day course. With the idea being to increase your proficiency in these skill level one tasks. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's a lot of um, come learn to be an operator in a week type training out there. Yeah. And it's no, like, right. Everyone wants to be Jason Bourne. Yeah. But they can't even get to the objective. Yeah, it's dishonest. But I, I do feel like you can become an amateur level, skill level one infantryman with come out to the class, you're gonna get a you're gonna get fed with a fire hose, but you're gonna go home with things to sort of consider, think about, practice, talk to your friends about, hopefully practice with your friends. And that that's a more realistic goal. And then that's what the American Minuteman was in the Revolutionary War, right? There there were people with jobs and families who had responsibilities at home, but when the British invaded, they were like, I got my shit and I'm ready to go. Do you think there's a way to, like, you know, you, everybody's full of shit thinking they're Jason Bourne, right? Uh, do you think there's a way to, like, strip that away like jujitsu does? Like, add a class like that yeah, to be, the, like... the stress shoots do pretty quickly because people find, like... And everybody's watching, so everybody sees exactly, how you did. Right, so yeah. when you start with 50 jumping jacks and 25 push-ups and people go, um... What? How about, how about 17 push-ups? And then you have to start ringing steel targets with your heart rate jacked through the roof. And honestly, I don't even think it's, I don't even, I I think it's, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but um, it's not even that it ruins their Jason Bourne sort of identity or dreams. It's more like they don't actually understand what combat is. Because you see, when you see Schwartz, like when we were kids and we'd see Schwarzenegger like fighting through the, uh, that, that plantation and commando. And like he's not even he's he's got a little bit of a spritz going, but he's not breathing hard. He's kind of like you know, <laughs> Arnold I mean? like, never breathes yeah, hard. He's a sixty yeah. in each hand, yeah, bro. Exactly. Whatever. And the first thing you find <laughs> out when you fucking put on a rucksack and grab a rifle, it is kicks that, you uh, right in the fucking dick. Oh dude. yeah. And the first time they're like, "Hey, three to five second rush. You're gonna get up and run forward for three seconds." You're like, "Okay." <laughs> and dude, after you do that four times, you're like, "Oh my god, my my heart's gonna explode." And so. One of the things that one of the the myths that the army really busts for you when you actually do it for real is that by the time you do anything cool, like put a lockbuster charge and blow in somebody's door and rush into the building and clear it, you are so fucking exhausted from the process of getting there that you're not enjoying yourself one bit. Yeah. Never, because everybody thinks like, oh man, it must have been so cool to do all that fun. And it's like, in retrospect, we did cool shit, but we were always so tired and wet and cold or overheated and heat stroke that. There was never any enjoyment. But that's the best kind of fun. That's the, I, I <laughs> yeah. swear to God, because yeah. that's that's the fun that you're talking about it right now. 
Type two fun. Type not, two. Not fun at the time. No, fun no, no. There's, there's a yes. difference between it's fun the your, second time around. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> no, fun thinking so it's about only it fun later. To talk about it later. Yeah. But doing it, I mean, it's like you yeah. can go get on a roller coaster and have a fucking blast. I can go to Six Flags and have the best time. But of I don't life. want to hear about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I don't, not only that, but I'm not going to remember it in 10 Yeah. Years. But I remember how hard I fucking worked at an intensive wrestling camp getting uh-huh. the shit kicked out of me by fucking college kids. I remember that. And looking back on it, I'm like, that made me a fucking monster. Like, that was fun. And that's the kind of shit. Like, and, because it, it, cause it, you gained experience and you upped, like, your abilities, you know? And to me, looking back on that kind of stuff is fun. It's not like the... It's oh, fun because it sets you on a trajectory. Like, when you get exposed, like, everyone keeps saying, like, humbled, you get humbled. Yeah. But what does it do? It's like, oh, shit, I kind of suck at this particular area. So you kind of go in a deep dive and want to get better. Like, those are fun times to... Be exposed and then be like, all right, let's go in every direction towards this. And then in five years, if you keep going towards all that stuff, you're like, that was one of the best times of my life. I was getting the crap kicked out of me at wrestling camp, but five years later, look where it put me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the military in that situation did the same thing. Yeah. No. Oh. Fun isn't fun if you think about it that way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We have something called RF1, which means when you're in regiment, that means you're you're the battalion that's on standby for when the shit goes down. When the balloon goes up. When the balloon goes up, <laughs> you're the ones going in. And we had a couple, uh, they want everybody to be ready to fucking be wheels up in, what, 90 minutes? No, we had to be back at the battalion within two hours. No, 90-minute recall, yes. 90-minute recall. We had to be back on the, on the post by 90 minutes, and the battalion could be wheels up within 18 hours. No, no, no. It was or on, target, on target anywhere on earth, 18 hours. Okay. Jesus. Right? Good. So that's pretty fucking good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. But so they hey, guys, yeah, well, let me talk the administrative part about that. Is This is all in books, too, so this is not like OPSEC. This is open source information. Um, there would be C-17 aircraft fueled up, standing by with their flight crews on RF-1. And all of our, we had two of all of our equipment. So we had bags completely packed that were already on pallets wrapped in plastic and the big cargo straps and sitting on those aircraft over at the airfield. And then we had the doubles of our equipment that we actually used day in and day out. So you literally didn't even have to pack. Or you had, maybe we had like a duffel bag and a rucksack. That we no, all grab. the duffel bags were pre-packed. You had yeah, your you're ruck. Right, you're right, just your ruck. Because then you could jump your ruck. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, yeah, that literally all you all you needed was your rucksack with your immediate gear and your weapon, and you're ready to go get on the aircraft. It's, it's kind of a cool concept when you think Fuck about yeah, it. Fuck yeah, it is. Well, we would, <laughs> so they would. And then, so, like, logistics of that provides everything else, like food. It's all show. on the aircraft. Everything's well, just well, ready. Your, to your rucksack always has three MREs and all. You, you have okay, you have a basic list. list. And that's another thing that's coming with that uh, rifleman's course is the packing list is out. You guys got it. I yeah, know. yeah. Um, Unless you're James Dupay, he wouldn't bring three MREs. <laughs> He'd just bring a summer sausage. Fuck yeah, and some cheese, brother. Like a three-footer. That's my guy. His rucksack. And, bro, I was his team leader, and some team leaders would be like, all right, you're violating. Show me what, everything that you're taking on patrol. Dude, I was a 22-year-old team leader, and 
James Dupay was 24. Like, yeah. I can be your sergeant when it comes to military stuff because I've been doing this longer than you. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you what to eat. What snacks to put yeah. in your body. <laughs> yeah, bro. Take note, government. Hey, that motherfucker would fucking crush patrols. He was doing carnivore before we all knew it was a deal, dude. dude. You know? But <laughs> what brought me... What did you, hey, you bring to deer camp for rations? Uh, summer sausage? Yeah, yeah no. five pound fucking summer yeah. sausage. What did you bring to war? Summer sausage. <laughs> yeah. What made me think of RF1 was you're saying like the training ops where you get to the objective and you're... You're fucking dead. And then Jordan's like, yeah, those are the fun ones, right? Um, did you get did you get notified for Kentucky? Or were you in? Yeah. Oh, okay, was, you were. Pr- I've never. That's the, only the time worst. I've ever had prickly heat. That's the tr- worst training exercise I ever did. five days of my life. And Hands so down. this is what they do. You're on RF1. You're fucking pager, because it was back in the day of pagers. Yeah. Your pager would vibrate, and you got to fucking be in formation now. It doesn't like, matter if you're in the middle of banging your girlfriend. Yeah, you, dude, you have to go. You have to go. And if you miss, if you miss RF one, you're well. Kicked. That's a great excuse to finish quick. I'm gonna <laughs> <wrap my sword. laughs> the race. The, the the country needs me. I gotta go, baby. <clears throat> so they'll do they'll do like okay. I can take a five minute nap. Yeah, <laughs> they'll do complete dry runs, where it's like the whole thing is you're notified. You get back. You're in formation. Grab your gear. You're on the aircraft and you're putting a parachute on and they're kicking you out like all in a night. And you might be out drinking with your buddies, and now me and Folk are looking at each other. He's like, fuck, dude, I'm still drunk, and i got to jump out of this airplane. And so, <laughs> but these are all training exercises. They do the whole thing as training to make sure that we're actually proficient at it. Yeah. And they dropped us in Kentucky. And, I mean, we're, like, dude, you're in the bars in Tacoma, and fucking... Eight hours later, we're jumping out of an airplane and into Kentucky. This was Kentucky. in October, so when we when we God got, damn it, you know what I'm saying? How, but I mean, how fucking crazy? No, but dude, but here's, here's the worst part of it: is that when we got on the aircraft at Fort Lewis, it was 42 degrees and raining sideways. When they opened the jump doors over Kentucky, it was 98 degrees yes. with 99 percent humidity. Bro, Jesus. and so we no hit underwear the, indeed. So, so bro. <laughs> They have um, training cadre on the ground that are ready to accept you. Like, you jump out of the air, you land, and now they're evaluating how you patrol, your tactics, like your procedures. They're there to manage the training operation, right? It's like a validation process where they're looking at each individual squad and seeing, are they is this squad performing up to standard? And if not, then you're looking at firing leadership. Yeah, and so fucking, like, if they see you do something egregious, they're like, lay down, you're dead. And now the platoon is dealing with a guy that's dead, and you have to drag him to safety. You have to call a medevac. You have to go through that whole thing, right? And somebody has to carry all his shit. Yeah. And so our buddy Cody Knight, remember <laughs> the guys, the, the fucking, the training cadre is like, as soon as you hit the ground, you're dead. He goes, you were killed on the jump. <laughs> And so he's laying there dead five seconds into the actual operation, yeah. and we have to medevac him and go through that. But here's the deal. If you die in training, you're taking out of the rest of the field problem. Yeah. So Cody Knight He's chilling jumped. in air-conditioned barracks. <laughs> he, he jumped. His, his boots hit the ground. 
You're dead, yeah. and he got medevaced, yeah. and he gets to chill out in AC for the week. Meanwhile, Third Platoon has the worst week, <laughs> the worst week ever. And then as we go, there's people that are all right. You died. Now he no he he gets to be in the air conditioned yeah. unit now. Now you we're know? all starting to stick our heads up. <laughs> Hey, bro, by the end bro, of it, I swear to God, go dude, it, there's air conditioning there. There was like a handful of us left, and it felt like Band of Brothers yeah. by that point, dude. Oh. And we were all becoming heat casualties, yes. and we were all covered in fucking ticks, dude. And prickly heat. It prickly was, heat and chiggers what is and prickly sand heat? fleas. Is that like a prick, Prickly What's heat prickly? is when your sweat pores, they... Ex- Clog with they, salt. Yeah, well, they uh, the yeah. salt in your sweat crystallizes inside the pore and it gets stuck in the pores the underneath fuck? it yeah. and bro it feels it's prickly heat and it's from your body trying to usually prickly heat happens when you have a rucksack on so it's pushing weight against your back and your body's trying to excrete sweat and it gets trapped in there and then when you cool down the salt crystallizes under your skin and it just feels like needles are being driven into you. Oh, and then it's fucking, Jesus. that's a bullshit yeah. that the army does to you. And then Remember they what they said? Little, so Go. They these little bugs called chiggers. They get Ch- into your, like, under your waist belt and, uh, like, in your, your, socks. your socks. Yeah, yeah. And they're microscopic. You don't see them. But then yeah. they burrow into your skin to lay eggs. So then you end up with these red, like. Red rashes yeah. kind of almost. Yeah, under Bro, your it's belt so fucked up. The, yeah. Uh, it's, that's what I love about Washington. Yeah. Like, we don't we have don't a bunch have of, of shit bullshit. trying to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just mountain lions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I'll take my chances, right? dude. Absolutely. Uh, and so, yeah, we lasted to the very end, and it's like hitting an objective, oh. just feeling like absolute dog shit. And, you know? guys, this is the 75th Ranger Regiment does not stop training. They fucking pulled the plug on this one because so many people were going down. Remember, we were we were road marching. Yeah. We had like a twelve mile road march to our next objective, and they just said, Stop. "Bro, check it out." So, Stop. I, check put it out. your rucksacks down. We're calling. I might have been. I might have been one of the deciding factors. Oh, looking back on that, I took a knee, and then I, I I like fell forward and started throwing up. Oh shit! And Sergeant Haney says, "Fucking lay down, lay down," and yeah. I I pushed back up to a knee. And I said, I'm good, Sergeant. And he goes, I'm not. And he was kind of a dick about it. Because yeah. remember, he was cool, but he was hard, right? Yes. He goes, I'm not fucking asking you if you're good or if you're not good. I said, lay down. And then he walked back. And then they came back and they stuck me with an IV. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck, dude. Because I didn't want to leave the field problem as a casualty. Because that's yeah. bitch shit, right? Yep. And then like 10 minutes later, they walked up and they said, hey, we're wrapping this up. Yeah. And it's like... Dude, I never, I'd never I, been oh, that and, dehydrated. And, My yeah. tongue, I was Charlie horsing and folding back on itself. Oh, I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't talk, dude. He's like, you can't oh, even way. fucking talk. Hey. We broke his tongue. We wrapped this shit up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck, dude. That, that was an awful fucking week. And did you, Looking back on it, though, wasn't it so it's fun? Fucking it's fucking mess. So we're telling so stories bad. about no. it 20 years later, bro. Yeah, I got into poison oak while we were there, poison ivy. God, and that's so another one, bro. For the bro. next two weeks, yep. like we went back to Fort Lewis after a week, and for the next three weeks, I had these oh, huge yeah. blisters all over my face. Well, forearm. bro, that shit so, can keep reinfecting, yeah, and yeah. your BDUs can yeah. hold on to it. Yep. Hardly any soaps can get rid of it. Yep. Like, it's, I did training, I did pre scout sniper in Pendleton when I was with the Marshal Service. Covered in poison ivy, dude. Mm. Fucking just absolute 
I looked like a leper, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, you can reinfect yourself yeah. because it's from the oils. Yeah. It's fuck that stuff, dude. Awful, you did yeah. that in sniper camp? I don't know why. And pre, pre-scout sniper, which if that sounds high speed, it has nothing to do with shooting. Yeah. It's all fucking road marching, rucking, and land nav. Oh, okay. And it's fucking gnarly, bro. <laughs> well, so uh, was that, that when you were in aviation? No, marshal service. Sent oh, me marshal that. service. Yeah. Okay. What was so? You guys went to Kentucky for that yeah. training camp. Was it like? Did you guys know that was coming up, no. or was it just like at any moment in time? You guys are at a bar in fucking Tacoma, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. You, get, you, you don't know when it's. Sometimes you get a rumor, but you never know if. But you also get murmurs. rumors that never actually happen. Yeah. Like they'll be like, "Hey, there's a notification tonight." Yeah, and, and so there's then like, everybody's like, "Oh shit, we better stay in," and, and then nothing happens. And once it's <laughs> wheels up, like. We're, we're flying somewhere, you're going to know if it's training or not. You know what I mean? It's not like we're jumping yeah. out an aircraft like, fuck, where are no, we? Is this Uganda? Like, like You're loading blank rounds into your th- magazine. Yeah, so like... You know I mean? No, but I mean like as far as uh, just... You don't you don't know when that's going to happen. No, never. And no, then, no, no. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's just like here we go. Yeah. Because obviously, there's the preparation of it, but like you could be like you said. Just, yep. And sometimes they'll just call you all back and you get in formation. They're like, everybody here? All right, you made it on time. Good job. See you tomorrow morning. Yeah. Like, why am I here at 2 in the morning when I got to be back at fucking 5.30? Because the Army just sucks yeah. the life out of everything. <laughs> you, okay. you know? All right, good. Everybody made it, you know? Building dependability. Um, we did have one where we were sure it was a real-world mission because they said everybody fucking tab spec four and above, oh, that's you're right. going on this operation. And that means everybody that's been there a while. Yeah. So no privates are going. So we're like, oh, dude, if they're not, if they're only taking, like, the we're experienced finally, guys. We're finally going to South America. Yeah, we're going to go hit a fucking FARC warlord or some <laughs> shit. You know <laughs> what I mean? Oh yeah. And so we land, still not knowing. And, it, dude, we land in fucking Fort Bragg. Yep. And so it's like, oh, okay, that that's where shit goes down. You know, that's where the unit's at. That's where, like, one of SF's biggest fucking presences. And, uh. And they get us all together, and they're like, President Bush wants to watch a Ranger platoon fast rope. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. You flew, you flew right. 12 guys across the country to show you a fast roping demonstration? You're at fucking Fort Bragg, dude. Like, <laughs> they got squadrons of operators, right? Yeah. yeah. Nope. President Bush wanted to watch a platoon or a squad of Rangers fast rope, and they flew us from yeah. Fort Lewis. Two seven five is on. <laughs> How bizarre! And he came out, and we fast roped, <laughs> like and, hit, bro- him outside. and yeah. hit a fucking building, yeah. and and, and <laughs> dude, yeah, and dude, fuck. It was a, we it was, we hit was, that building. That, that was actually, I think, that was one of the very first JSOC capabilities exercises. Yeah. Have you seen the YouTube videos of what they do down in Tampa now? No. It's fucking wild. And, uh, like, they have people out on the streets watching, and I'm like, dude, there's a 240 gun up on a hotel roof just hammering away at the pedestrians. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's got you can see the blank adapter <laughs> yeah. on the front of it, but still, it's like, do you know how easy it would be to pop that thing off and slide a belt of real ammo? If someone wanted to just fuck some shit up it's bro, we, crazy. and they, bro, remember, they were fast roping onto a yacht and shit and i was like did you do the uh, fixed wing operation in roswell no what does fixed wing mean out of a plane we're jumping out of an airplane so rotary wing operations are helicopters oh. fixed wing is is airplane um 
we set up blocking positions that civilians were coming up to. Oh, no shit. And we were fucking letting the fuck the, the 50s on top of the Arsovs. But, hey, if they get this close to the perimeter, give them a burst. You know? These people have no idea what's going on, dude. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> you know? That reminded me of a ranger school story. Go ahead, but keep... I, no, I'm just saying, like, we saw some cars, like, fucking... Yeah. Get the Get fuck out of there, out of there yeah. dude. So, you mount, know? mountain phase of the ranger school happens oh up in the Appalachian Mountains, right on... You cross the Appalachian Trail several times during your patrols. Uh-huh. And so, one night, we set up our ambush on uh, an offshoot of the, the Appalachian Trail... And we put this little, uh, it's called a Yuli knot. It's just a knot of debt uh, cord that simulates the Claymore mine to kick off the ambush. Get set into the position, put the, you know, quote unquote Claymore out. And we've been <laughs> laying there for like two, three hours. And here come some people down the trail. We're like, perfect. Boom! Big, <laughs> you know, big light and sound, and then of course, two forty Bravos are bah, 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 bah. everybody's shooting. Da, 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 da. What are you shooting at? It was, I don't, I don't it was know. Two fucking hikers, <laughs> and they they freaked like they oh fell down, God. jumped up, ran off into the bushes, and, and the instructors were running down the hill after. Ah! Stop! <laughs> Cease fire! Stop! Come back! <laughs> so you guys really set up on the Appalachian Trail yeah. itself? Yeah. Some fucking through hikers. Could you were imagine? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Could you imagine being on Pacific now. Crest and you're like, no? Um, if you look some, over here, you'll see Rainier's backside. Fucking granola. Boom! From yeah, <laughs> bro, oh bro. There, it's not uncommon for military training to just intersect with the civilian population, yep. like. Were you on the Blackhawk with me? We landed in someone's backyard. No. no. <laughs> what? No, I, I, but I know the story. It's yeah. a great story. Go ahead. Well, I don't even remember all the details. That I, was when you guys were in Idaho for fixed wing, right? Uh, fuck. I don't remember where we're at. I, well, I remember we put down, telling the story. And yeah. And we're, we're just like, all right, I don't. Things happen all the time in military operations. We're like flying en route to the target. And, and now we're getting refueled. Like, what? That wasn't part of the fucking operation we're, order. We're stopping here. Like, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 what the fuck? Why are we in Jalalabad? I th- what the fuck is going on? It's just always like, shit's always changing, right? Yep. So we're in Blackhawks, and then the pilots just sat down for no reason. We're like, are we, should we, dude, should we, should we get off? Are we supposed to get off here? What's going yeah. on? And we look around, we're like, in a backyard. And then uh, we see fucking lights come on, and we see curtains open up. <laughs> And then we see a guy walking out on the back porch, and then like, <laughs> took off, dude. And I remember someone's like, dude, he'll be telling the black helicopter yeah. story. Yeah. You know, because remember when that was like conspiracy yeah. theorists, the black helicopters? Yeah. I haven't heard that one in a while. And then we, you ta- I remember talking <clears throat> to buddies of ours who went on to the unit, and they were like, oh, dude, last week we flew in Little Birds into downtown Dallas. It's like, oh, that's where these rumors come from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. How many people didn't believe that motherfucker? No, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like no, no, no. I swear. I think it, it was a little town in Idaho, and the the operation. It was fixed wing uh, bilat is one of the bigger operations JSOC does throughout the year. So I, I think the entire town had to know that there was a large scale military operation going on. Yeah, but bro, even uh, <clears throat> like SF has a, a big field problem where they interact with the town, and and it's it's called Robin Sage, and like again, it's like very well known. You can read books on this. Everybody that lives there is like, oh, the SF guys are out doing their exercise again. Yeah. And they'll even role play and, like, the community kind of embraces it. Yeah. Well, dude, there was a fucking cop there 
And he must have not have been a local cop. Oh, was he a stater? I don't know. He might like, but there was a cop in the jurisdiction, and during an exercise, two of the SF soldiers thought he was role playing. Role playing. And when they went to confront him, he fucking shot one of the soldiers and killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, so one of the soldiers grabbed a rifle out of the trunk with blank rounds in it. And the cop drew down on him and shot him, which you can't, I guess you can't. Someone grabs a rifle out of the car while you're on patrol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Miscommunication. Training to be a green beret. Yeah. And fucking that happens. Yeah. You know? But I I used to think about like. Bro, Man, we should, we're, we should we're, run a Robin Sage out here by 2025. We could get the whole town of Granite Falls playing along. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. Fuck, that would be awesome. Uh, when you look at that lifestyle, you're doing fucking 50-foot fast ropes all the time. You're jumping out of airplanes all the time. You're in the maze all the time, shooting live rounds. Like, no one ever got hurt. And then as yeah. soon as we left, I, he- I heard, like, oh, yeah. dude got shot in the maze. Oh, a dude died on a died jump. Parachuting, yeah. And it's like... Didn't you say a guy broke his ankle just rocking? No, the, the army is having issues right now with kids because they're spending so much time sitting <laughs> on couches. Their bones are weak? They, literally, <laughs> they, they, they don't have weak bone Weak-ass bones? Yeah. <laughs> they don't have bone density. And they're fucking... <laughs> Jesus. They're breaking their legs on ruck marches because yeah. their bone density sucks. Yeah. They're like fucking menopausal women, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. All osteoporosis yeah. style and shit, dude. Holy fuck. Can you imagine that? Like, my body is so undeveloped that I broke my leg walking. Under the support of your own weight. Bro, yeah. Yeah, you want to go cool. back to how fucked up the kids are these days? <laughs> Especially because I'm a little high now? Bro, they don't want to fuck. Are you serious? A lot of the young kids are just like... And I don't know if it's because their hormones are all fucked up, because they are. Yeah. Testosterone, today's testosterone, the t- a 20-year-old, is the equivalent of like a 65-year-old man yeah. a generation ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know? But, dude, they don't want to fuck. Like, I remember, and I, I remember telling this story on my show not that long ago. There was a girl on my bus that lived like three miles away. You remember Machias Ridge? Yep. I was at the very end of it. Her house was at the very beginning of it, right? And dude, on the bus, she'd be like, you should come visit me tonight. That's it. Like, I'll not, fight a dragon. not I'm going to suck your dick. <laughs> yeah. Not you're getting fucked. Yeah. But in my mind, tonight's the night, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would jump off of the roof of my second story fucking yeah. house and either jog Fast or ride my bike there. That's, what, that's where like fucking werewolf stories came from is like dudes who like a chick was like, hey, come over after my parents are asleep tonight and they're running through the field. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? that's, that's what you were willing to do. That's what I'm saying, bro. Do you, do you remember like, getting a glimpse of bra strap in like yes, seventh dude. grade? Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. and she that's what this was. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> this was like eighth, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, what am I doing at three in the morning on Wednesday? I'm sneaking out and walking six miles, hoping I get to touch a vagina. <laughs> and bro, people ain't doing that shit anymore. Yeah. Oh, you're you know, right? Yeah. And here's the God, fucked up thing. It's goddamn shame. You Uber to pussy. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what though. Got a database. If, <laughs> if I wasn't married, I might walk six miles for pussy. I'm still that obsessed of it with yeah. it. Yeah. These fucking kids. 
don't have that do. obsession, dude. Are you like, sure? Yes, bro. I haven't talked to like a teenage boy about. Bro, Levi told me. Yeah. And Levi's a fucking savage, dude. Just yes. shredded as fuck. And it's because he eats clean foods and he trains his body hard as fuck all the time, dude. He got a fucking uh, uh, a five twelve mile. Like that's fucking that's badass, dude. Sprint. That's incredible. Is that? That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is that is that me the standard dude fucking wait i i, I was not anywhere near that <laughs> but he told me i asked him i said how many how many kids in your class look like you oh none. and he goes most classes there's me and one other kid that's a good athlete and everybody else is fat yeah. and he goes and Usually, that other kid is on the wrestling team. Yeah. I, so, I our wrestlers recently, are the only athletes in school now, basically. Like, what the fuck are we talking about, yeah. dude? I just recently saw that video come across social media again where it's like high school physical education circa 1958 or whatever. Where every kid had a six yeah. pack. Every kid is shredded. Yeah. And they're doing like the wall, you know what I mean? They're climbing hey, the board, boards. Board thing boards. With no they're doing board. man shit. Like, imagine every kid in the class doing that, though. And look at what they look like now. And I remember, so I coached uh, Little League for a couple of years before the pandemic. And uh, I remember these kids coming out and just thinking like, "What? I don't know where to start with you. Yeah. Because they didn't, know, like. You want to know the saddest thing? The saddest we're, we're part about it, baseball, though? And I feel like I need to talk about walking. Yeah. Running, right? <laughs> before, before we talk about baseball, guys. Heel, we, toe. Yeah, Heel, we, we need toe. to talk about how to jog. Just put uh, them in formation and make them march, dude. Dude, it doesn't, doesn't work with seven-year-olds. <laughs> How was baseball, Billy? I rucked a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my little league coach just sat there and sang cadence to me. <laughs> Fuck, well, man. Th- there was a, um, a PE teacher, right, when I got out of high school. Um, I, I worked at an elementary school, the element, one of the elementary schools I went to. And uh, the PE teacher was like, hey, check this out. Watch these kids stand up. And every one of them, they, you need to sit, you know, Indian style. Um, That's crisscross applesauce now. It's yeah. Indian style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, crisscross applesauce, right? And you'd sit there, and that's how you'd sit during the, you know, teachers, whatever. And then she said, all right, guys, stand up. And every single one of them would put their hands in the ground and they'd like turn over like this to stand up because they they wouldn't they they couldn't just stand up. They didn't up. have the mobility to just stand, stand up. up. Yeah. So it was like it was like get on your hands and knees and like put a foot up. That's then, old people shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And like she was like when you guys were here, you guys would just pop up. I don't know what the hell's going on. And she and this was 2009. And so she was it's seeing it back then. Exponentially worse yeah. since then. Well, and, and the standards have been lowering and lowering and lowering, right? Like that the fact that you can take I don't think there are there are no standards. Yeah, I don't think there, there are, are no standards. Yeah. Like you they got just, rid of the run, they got rid of that. But also kids don't fucking shower at school anymore either. So what do they do after they work out? They don't. But they don't work out. That's the thing. And yeah. the, like oh, fuck so dude. when I was in high school, it was like you get done <laughs> know, right. you get done with practice or you get done with PE or something like that, you go take a shower. Uh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Like, nope. re- reference no. our conversation about girls. Yeah. Well, you the, don't want to go back to class stinky. The high school that I coach at, 
there is a fucking um, like horse trough in the shower, and they use it for storage. What do the kids do after gym class? They don't do shit. They but, go home. They they work. They they don't do anything. It's you wild. can see I'm shocked right now. I know. Dude. I yeah, because it's, it's like, crazy. You're gonna go run the fucking Cooper test and be drenched. Well, I don't think they make them do anything in PE. I think it's like, oh, oh go do badminton. Go do like this or are that. We, are we burning another joint? Uh, we can't. Kozak's grabbing oh, the uh, tissue. Oh, he has a little uh, little stuffy nose. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? But uh, yeah, it's just you know seeing seeing that happen and the kids just not you know being able to perform. Dude, I make the kids do mobility stuff. Yeah, I made them do it today, and half the kids can't sit in a deep squat. And I was like, guys, this should be a rest position. Like, if your body works correctly, the deep squat should be comfortable. Every third world country, that's how they sit at the bus stop, you know? And uh, you can't fucking, in America, you can't even do it if, you, if you're trying, dude. And so. That's all that was left, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I. But, he, but here's the flip side of it. And that's one thing that I love about coaching is that the fucking kids aren't to blame. It's their fucking shit parents feeding them bullshit yes. foods and, and letting them have a lifestyle that doesn't grow their body at all. Yeah. And so it's when you get one of those kids that doesn't know much and inside of six months it's like they're a different human being, yeah. bro, that's our mission. There's, yeah. there's, yeah. I, I can point at three, and Greg and I had this conversation the other night where he said he could point at ten or more, like kids that have come in, and we've realized that there's not a, uh, there's not a father figure in the house, and their their attitude is kind of shitty, and there was one in particular that was like, I don't know if that kid should be here, and this was a couple of years ago, and so Greg, after I had talked to him about it a little bit, he came back the next week, and I was like, what'd you decide? He said I put him up with the older kids seems to be doing well and i think now he's crushing it and yeah his, bro his attitude turned around and there's 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 a few others who didn't have the attitude but you can just tell that they are thriving with a strong male. like there's nothing but strong male on the mat during the kids class with greg and tyler and will and uh it, all honestly all the kids are thriving but you can you can see the ones that it changes a little bit bro and, and that's that's pretty awesome and, and i'll tell you like this might sound weird as a coach but as a father of all daughters like i have three girls i don't think there's a girl on my team that if their parents came to me and said like some tragedy happened in their family and i had to adopt them that oh. i wouldn't do the girls and the i would savages. like but I, I like i have love for every single one of these fucking kids yeah. that is like, feels very parental. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel protective over them. Yeah. I feel like I'm charged with the responsibility they're, they're of doing something powerful. In your building, taking your class. And yeah. it's, uh, it's fucking powerful, dude. Yeah. And it's cool to see. But it's because you're taking responsibility for part of their lives. And I wonder how many parents are just like, again, you see these kids who are obese at 10 years old, and you're like, the parents aren't taking responsibility. <clears throat> Bro, I'll tell you right they're, now. They're giving you some excuse like, oh, I... Yeah, obesity is not genetic. I'll tell you right yeah. now, dude. I get I get hugs at the end of practices yeah. from some of the girls. 
And then some of them, not at all, right? Yeah. The I can feel which kids are giving me the I'm your dad hug. Because it's a little different energy. Yeah. And I've raised fucking a lot of kids. I know yeah. what the I love you dad hug feels like. Yeah. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Like, I'm stoked they're getting that here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's a special place for sure. It's not only the kids. It's like, it's it's the adults too. It's like, and when we first started off, you kind of said like, the gym's on a good trajectory. It's got like a vibe or it's got, you know, just a feeling you can't put into words, but when you're around it, you know what it is. And I think what that is too is just your passion for jujitsu, like your passion to, you are the person you are because of what jujitsu is as part of it too, right? If you were playing badminton, your personality would probably be a lot different. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, for sure. So bro. what you're doing in these kids is you're instilling a part of you in something that you love. You love this so much. You want to teach children it, and it comes across very passionate. And it's respectful because you, the skill level is good and the people you've learned well, it from. It also, it also draws like a high level of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every, everybody who is a regular here, they're they're pretty high level people. Like, you know, they may not be big shots at work or whatever, but as far as just being good human beings, there's there's really not a stinker in the bunch. The brains yeah. the brains work. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not and bro, hey, you think Yeah, nailed it. You think that that's like I'm not even saying that it's like <laughs> Hey, that's our baseline for being part of our team. Your yeah. fucking brain has to work. Yeah, right? that's pretty good. But the truth is, there's you watch any of these videos and and you're watching like uh, a group of protesters protesting against like an anti-abortion thing or whatever it is, right? And they're barking at them. Have you seen these videos? Yeah. And it's like you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. society, Your brain doesn't work. So many people in our society, <laughs> I look at their behaviors, and I, the only conclusion I can come to is their fucking brain doesn't work. Right? They're fucking retarded. NPCs. Maybe NPCs are use, real. You yeah. can't use the word retarded anymore. Since <laughs> when, dude? I use it all the time. Like, I call my kids retarded. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking like uh, uh, a medical term. We're actually using it as a derogatory term to make yes. people feel bad. Correct. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all based off of hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, shit. bro. Well, we've definitely went wildly off track, and that yeah. was awesome. Well, bro, I mean, the theme is producers and non-producers. <laughs> and I said, oh, you mean the government and citizens? You said, yeah. So I thought that just summed it up. Pretty much covered it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nailed it. I'll tell you this, though, on that topic, because that topic does get me fired up, because I think about it all the time. As someone that has moved into the private sector, it's frustrating when you're dealing with people that are either fucking trying to enforce a local code or inspect your fucking sewer, all all these things that are just nonstop with the government. Yep. And it's like... Oh, none of you motherfuckers have ever created anything anymore. Exactly. So you don't understand yeah. the headache that every one of these roadblocks. Yep. I mean, 
where we're sitting right fucking now. They they're like, I think we need to ultrasound all the property because for arrowheads, or we something. have reason to believe <laughs> there may be Indian artifacts on your property. What? And I yeah. said, well, welcome to fucking. Western Washington. Welcome to North America. Yeah, yeah you know? Yeah. And, and then the, the, the fucking bitch says to me, and that is, that is information that we do not want out in the public, and you cannot tell anybody. And I'm like, oh, so now, <laughs> now you're assigning me a security clearance <laughs> yeah. and telling yeah. me what I can divulge. I can say whatever the fuck I want yeah. to anybody. <laughs> and what the fuck are you talking about? And you can't, we're going to tell you. And, <laughs> and, and, and so I was like, and then I started getting fucking mad, and I'm like, if, if there's arrowheads on the property and I want to put a four-inch slab of concrete over the top of them, that's what I'm going to do because they're in my dirt and they're my fucking arrowheads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am, I, am I wrong here? Sweepers, pal. And you know what she says to me? She goes, well, there may be human remains that when discovered do not belong to you. They belong to the Snohomish County Coroner's Office. And I'm like... Do you have reason to believe there's fucking dead people on my property? And you know what this fucking bitch said to me? This is this is a human being that, that yeah. worked for the fucking yeah. county. She goes, Mr. Anderson, before you owned that property, throughout other times in history, there were other people that lived there. Jesus. And I was like, but the, here's, here's the problem. I, I know. All these people bro, have bro, assigned bro, themselves bro, as like yeah, the yeah. gatekeeper. Bro, of- and it's like, I'm going to tell you something that's going to be shocking. That's the same for every other square inch of planet fucking Earth, dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's full of dead people. <laughs> hey, are these the first dead people on your property? <laughs> yeah. Hey, people lived here before. Oh, yeah. fuck, man. Yeah. Are you and serious? And they're going to live here after, and that's why I don't give a fuck right yeah, now. dude. God damn it. Yeah. Nah. But but it's that's what's fr- more frustrating is when the mid-level bureaucrat who doesn't actually have skin in the game... It, it doesn't make a fucking difference to her whether you build a shop or not. But somehow, <laughs> yes. yeah, somehow she has assigned herself yeah. to be like the gatekeeper cunt from hell. Yeah. yeah. Like that everybody who walks in the door, I'm going to explain to you why you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah bro. Yeah. Hey, the fucking the guy, our government has become I'm here to fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, you want, it, you want something? Nope. Thanks yeah. for I'm paying a- your taxes. <laughs> We're here to fight you. Yeah. One person with a bad day can destroy what you want to be your dream. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that nuts? It's not dude? a good system. Yes. And that's that's why two hundred years ago people would drag like their state representative out into the street and pour tar and feathers. Of course, on bro. Because they were fucking pissed. That they fucked with their livelihoods. Yeah. And when you fuck and that's one of the problems we're having with men being goddamn pussies now, is that when you fuck with someone's livelihood There should be they repercussions. Sh- they should get angry. Like if you if you ran someone out of business, can you imagine like like you inherit a business from your parents and you run it all your life and then Jay Inslee says you have to close tomorrow and you go okay, <laughs> no. yeah. Are you fucking serious? And and now everything that you have is at risk. Yeah, okay, I guess I'll get a job at Boeing. Sounds good. Well, that's the thing. Or home, I, I could probably manage a, a cash register at Home Depot. You want to put the tin, you want to put the tinfoil hat on? Yeah. I think that that's by design yes. because people that run their own business and people that have to think outside of the box, yeah. they, they have, they do, they have an independence to them. They're not, we're playing in your system, but I'm not stuck in your system. Yeah. Right. They want everybody stuck in the system. Yes. And that way 
once you're stuck in the system, now they control you. I don't you know? even know that that's tinfoil hat anymore. I think it's, it's becoming that's... it's becoming so obvious to anybody anybody who's willing yeah. to critically think. Like, bro, it's mom and pops, straight mom up and pops, face. you're all shut down. Yeah, but but Amazon and Walmart and all them gigantic major corporations, business as usual. Totally fine. Well, yeah. I mean, look at what they're selling. Right, every every brand in there is big companies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Money, that's they can, yeah, yeah. yeah, they can hold all that big money, you know. And once yeah. you, once you're part, because let's be honest, if you're part of fucking Amazon, you almost are part of the government. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't mean as an operative. I'm not mean like you're a government operative. I mean like they're so big, you have so much influence. Yeah, you, you, they're the so public. big. They yeah. are almost. They've almost become like a government entity. And also, even the way that the What's the organization doing? is structured, like you're never going to meet your the you're never going to meet the owner of Amazon. You're yeah. never going to look him in the eyes and have a conversation with him. Yeah. You're fucking removed. Five hundred people below. But yeah. to what you said about the gatekeeper, I knew a, a gal who worked at Amazon. And somebody said something about Jeff Bezos. Oh, she get angry. She no, she goes, "Oh, that's so Jeff." I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck <laughs> are you talking about?" That's like, so, I was yeah. like, "Don't act like you fucking hang out with this guy." Like, <laughs> like, but that's but they get disillusioned and they start like thinking like that, God and damn. then they well, maybe put themselves on a pedestal. Maybe he puts out a, a video teleconference or something, so they know him now. Yeah, that's, just, that's yeah. so Jeff. Yeah, I was just like, uh, "What the fuck did just?" Fuck, dude. Let's burn that last joint. Dude, that was I think that, I, that, that was, was it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo. I want to go home then. Fuck this place. You know what? Well, we're there, right? We're at two hours. And uh, we're, we, we've definitely got lots of topic left it to cover. It says two hours on there? Well, we took a pee break. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. Dude, I have distorted time right now since I smoked yeah. two joints. <laughs> oh. I was like, has it already been two hours since the pee break? Yeah. No. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. It is one it. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, well, but let's end it with gas in the tank because we're all still having fun, and we'll do this again in a month or two. Yeah? Absolutely. All Man, right, bro. Good. Later, all right, guys. Thanks Thank for you, listening. Greg.